back to the different everybody this is satoon and this is rob and who is this i don't know somebody very handsome is in front of us right now who i don't don't, don't know what you guys are talking about Uh, you introduce all right so today we want to welcome a friend and soon to be former co-worker nick hello who we mention all the time yeah yeah he's he's known as the king of corrections Because he always puts me in my place. And that's okay. I like to be put in my place sometimes. In a friendly way. He's a friendly dude. Yeah, I can't yeah. help it. I'm, that's in my nature to correct people. I'm sorry. Well, and like, like, Todd and I have talked about how like I feel like every podcast, there's always, you know, as much as you may enjoy the podcast, like errors get made and you were kind of at one point sort of yelling at your stereo <laughs> or like yelling however you're listening, just being like, oh my God, like I know this was recorded a while ago, but like, oh, if I was there, this would be different. I, I've, I've had a, a few of those moments for sure. And I make a mental note to text you when I get out of the car or whatever. <laughs> yeah, some of his famous corrections were when I said Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, Storm Shadow were brothers, but... They're, they're not like brothers in like that they came out of the same womb. They just were in the same ninja clan and they were like brothers. So they're bros. They're like, yes, they're bros. They're bros. And then they became enemies. Do you even lift bra? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And then he also is the one who did the um, Dishonored 2 um, stealth. You completely finished the game in in stealth mode? Yeah, uh, I did that for Dishonored 1, Dishonored 2, and Death of the Outsider. I've platinumed all three of them. Yeah, and you did it for both Dishonored uh, Vanilla and the remaster, right? Yeah, I've I've platinumed the PS3 Dishonored game. I platinumed the PS4 Dishonored uh, remaster, platinum Dishonored 2, and platinumed platinum death of the outsider I'm what a... about prey i couldn't get into prey yeah because it's scary <laughs> <laughs> it was i can't even explain it's because it's been too long too far removed from prey but i don't remember i just know i played good eight hours and i just it just lost me were you playing on normal or easy uh, i think normal was well, like Kevin uh, at work was actually uh, trying to get into it real hard, and he was really frustrated by it. And I was like, "Dude, just flip it down to easy, just do it." And he he did it, and like I saw him at work, I think two days later, and he was just like, "Okay, I'm actually loving the game. I was about to give up. Easy mode made me want to play it again." Yeah. But even then, I think I flipped it down to easy, and by the time I was done with that game, um, there were like once the sort of sort of big event and the end game moment kind of happens, the entire space station changes. Oh. And uh, I mean, like, it's still the same, but there's a new element to it. Mm-hmm. I started sprinting from point A to point B. I would, like, look at the overworld map yeah. and be like, cool, to get from here to here, I have to go through this, take that elevator, go through here. Okay. And I would just run. It was awful. If I remember correctly, <laughs> it was great, but, you know. I think one thing I didn't like about the game is there was a lot of backtracking. And there's even more by the time the game is done. Yeah, and I, th- I think I was getting really annoyed because I, I, it's not that it just doesn't it's not fun to me after a while. I don't know. I can dig it. I wish I wasn't so far removed from that game and could talk about it more in depth. But... Well, I wasn't expecting to talk about. It, yeah. Right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My bad. So, um, all right. So I guess uh, what have we all been collectively up to? Oh, we did uh, the Golden Trailer Awards. Or at That's least right. We're guests of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and so this was your last golden trailer it was right? yeah unless well i mean there is theoretically stuff that i worked on recently but, that could be nominated next year but would you be going uh maybe because oh, right. 
One of my best friends is getting married around this time next year. So if it worked out, he's getting married in L.A. So nice. Theoretically, I can make a trip. You'll be back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully I will have more stuff nominated and maybe win That'd next be awesome. time. Because, yeah, Golden Trailers were a little, little bit of a bummer this year. I had two nominations in the same category. And we lost um, to the uh, Call of Duty World War II reveal trailer, which um, just seems to be doing really well at uh, various award shows, which, you know. I had high hopes, but it's okay. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Sean, after they won, was like, that one over those? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Well, wah, wah. well, it's funny, and the thing that I actually really thought was going to win was the the Switch trailer for Outlast, which was so good. It was, like, scary, and it was well-edited, and it was funny. Like, I don't know, it just, it was totally unassuming and really great. I don't, I, don't, I haven't seen it. I hadn't seen it until mm. it got posted to their YouTube channel for, mm. like, all the nominees. Mm. And I watched, I watched the entire category just so I could see what we were up against again, mm. like, the day of the show. And the day of the show, I was like, dude, we're going to lose to Outlast, and I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> and then we lost to Call of Duty, and I wasn't prepared to lose to them, uh, and so I was a little, little shocked. But um, I really thought that Outlast was going to take it. But it would have been nice. We had an Assassin's Creed and a Far Cry trailer. Yeah. And I just went for the drinks <laughs> and to look amazing. Wait, we got That's... photos. And we got photos. It's on our Instagram. You can check it out. It's yeah. real nice. That's pretty much why I went to the free drinks. <laughs> <laughs> free drinks. Yeah. Um, oh, we should talk. Uh, if anybody's in LA, Clifton's Cafeteria, which is on Broadway? Broadway, yeah. Yeah. It's like the dopest bar slash restaurant and... The, it's like what, four stories, I think. Four stories. They have a tiki lounge. They have like a, a tree growing in the center of it. They have so much stuff. They have it's taxidermy. Massive. They have they have waterfalls. They have they <laughs> yeah. used to have um like moving. What are those critters called? Like the animatronics. animatronics? Oh. They used to. I didn't know that. They, they used out. to have a country bear jamboree. <laughs> oh God, they did. Um, but they were beavers. <laughs> were you in the hurt box the next day? Did you drink? Oh, so much I like? was not in good shape at work, and I, I was. was dying on friday i i took the uh steve gave me a recommendation steve who you've mentioned on here before um who will be listening so hey steve um hey steve he recommended to me because i told him at work i said i don't know if i'm gonna drink tonight because i don't want to be hung over tomorrow because i'm gonna have stuff to do and he was like take four advil pound a bottle of water and go to bed so that's what i did and even though i was extremely tired on friday i was not i didn't feel like crap well, so I felt pretty shitty, but I, and I did do like the three Advil and pounded water. I did all that, but I did the math, and I think I had. I mean, it was over a period of like six hours, but I had I think nine drinks and no food, mm. and I think that was the problem—just the no food thing. And I got home and I crashed on the couch. I remember falling asleep, and I woke up at like four thirty in the morning on the couch, and I was like, "Oh, I have to go to bed for real." <laughs> and so, I, like, stumbled into the bedroom and went right back to bed. And when I woke up, I was just like, "Ooh, today's gonna be slow. It's gonna be real slow." I was not moving well, but we had fried chicken at work which was nice oh that always helps and we have like the nice thing is like i feel like uh our office tends to like appreciate that you know the golden trailers we go hard Mm -hmm. and so like i'm surprised you even all worked on friday i was amazed many people showed up as they did yeah i was there till eight too i I, yeah we had i had something come in at like four and i had to stay and work on it i bounced at like six i was like (laughs) cool we're done uh but yeah, like we, um, yeah, the first, like the first year that I went to the Golden Trailers two years ago with, with, uh, with our company, I came back to work, I came into work the next day feeling pretty shitty, um, because that was the night that like we, we just, yeah, we closed out the bar. Me and Sergio stole, uh, 
Kazadi's lift. Like, we had a good time, but I was dying. And um, I walked in, there was like a case of water, a little packets of Pedialyte that you yeah. pour into your water, and breakfast burritos in the kitchen when I walked in the door. And I was like, this place gets me. <laughs> they <Yeah>. just do. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob was so cute too because they had um, his company or your both company had a um, a party bus. Yeah. And Rob's like, "There's space on the bus if you want to come." And I'm like, "I'm already at the freaking Clifton's which, eating with booze." Which <laughs> this bitch said that to me 15 minutes after I texted her and after I waited and the bus sorry. left without oh. me. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you were probably in a real good mood after that. <laughs> the bus left without me, and so I was just standing outside the uh, venue like a tool, waiting to hear back from you. I thought you went back into the venue to see Sean. No, he was he was um cleaning up because Sean, as we said, he designed the background so he had to clean up the backdrop and then i yeah i had to go drink and get my food on my mac and cheese on <laughs> yeah which i saw the food and at that point i was like six drinks in i think which when i hit six drinks food doesn't really exist uh, anymore it's more about just more drinks now. yeah and uh then the night goes terribly wrong yeah so before we like get started can i i have some gifts for you guys i what yeah i um I've never done a, been on a podcast before, so I'm a little, really? like, little nervous, um, so forgive me if I'm a we'll little be gentle. nervous yeah. at the beginning. Um, but Do you need a massage? You know, no one's ever invited me on a podcast before, so I wanted to, you know... That makes no sense little, to me, little but thank you. Here. Yeah, so. I have gentle hands. <laughs> so, here. Um, uh, uh, oh these are kind I love of... That they're wrapped in aluminum foil. They're all shiny. This I is know. awesome. Shiny and chrome. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Oh, thank you. And um, I'll explain, like, they're kind of... Oh, um, oh my that's God. That's awesome. So, I wanted to be a little more specific with what I got you guys, but unfortunately, GameStop's selection wasn't very good. So oh, I got pretty much what I thought were the best two that I saw. This no, is I'm so super dope. excited. That's awesome. What'd you get, Rob? So I got the Tomb Raider reboot. Laura Croft. And she's all bloodied and beaten with her ice axe. This is awesome. Thank she you. She kind of looks like me. You're basically going to have me on your podium. Yep. They're Funko Pops, by the way. Yeah, yeah they're Funko Pops. <laughs> he gave me a person. <laughs> yeah, these are awesome. I love Funko Pops. Me too. In general. And these are, oh, this is awesome. Thank you. They make great gifts. They do. And I got um, Sombra from Overwatch, and she's the hacker if you play, and she looks amazing. I love they put the little, like, plastic, or they made the little... Uh, hacker kind of... Yeah, like the, the sort of purple artifacts that happen when she hacks, they're attached to her fingers. That's so cool. And she's got her, yeah. her Skrillex I actually have one other thing for, for you, Satine, because uh, Rob won't appreciate these, but... From listening to this, I know how much you like 80s like toys and action figures. Is it my birthday. So oh, I got these. G.I. Joe trading cards. I was at a I was at a toy convention like a month oh, ago and God. the guy had a box of them and it was like I think five packs for six bucks or something like that. So I bought five packs. So yeah, from nineteen ninety one. Oh we have did have did you open yours? Um I opened I opened one pack and then the rest I haven't done anything with. I'm going to open them, and while we talk, we'll, we'll explain them later. I love that those cards are old enough to drink. <laughs> I was obsessed with those in 1991. I was. I had a bunch. God, I was old still. You were 27 and years younger. How dare we'll you? We'll just say that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh my God, I do remember these cards. I've never seen these. Oh my gosh, Roadblock. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> this is back when like trading cards used to all have borders. I remember like when Marvel uh -huh. finally went like full bleed on their yeah. cards instead of borders, like from like a series two to series three. Oh yeah, and they, oh it was a, Marvel had awesome cards. Back yeah. Major attitude. I I see what you're saying. Major attitude. <laughs> rare. <laughs> rare. <laughs> wow. Oh, I got an honor roll, Maverick. <laughs> 
Uh, no. like, oh, oh my god, I used to have a crush on this one, Outback. God, I always thought he was so hot. The dude, yeah, with the survival. He's like a ginger with like, he had the um the army fatigue pants on. Oh. Not to make it weird, but I feel like if Travis had oh, like god. ginger hair and ginger say beard. That, please, Lord Jesus, on men. <laughs> That's the worst thing you could have said to the me The man right just now. has a very luscious head of hair and a nice full beard. That's all. Hi, Travis. I hate Outback. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Travis. Zap. Oh my god, these are so cool. I'll just throw them out there. See, this is why we still need our video one, so we can actually show yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna post them all. Go, I'll sort through them. Cool. Um, thank you, Nick. Thank you, You're guys. Seriously, thank you. All these goodies. For, I'm expecting I this. Thanks for providing hours of entertainment. <laughs> Edutainment, actually, more like it. Edutainment. <laughs> we um, do our best. So, what else have you been up to? Like, yeah, watching anything, yeah. doing anything remarkable. I mean, um. since the last time you were on the podcast, there's a <laughs> lot of years to cover. But like, is there anything remarkable like in your life happening right now? Well, I'm I'm moving to Chicago. Um, that's what's consuming my life right now. I'm rolling everything up, packing it up, um, and I'm hitting the road in less than a week. Or actually, in exactly a week. What was the decision to move? Um, I've been living in L.A. for almost 13 years, and I'm just kind of burnt out on L.A., and I just need something new. I totally feel you. Yeah. And, well, I don't know how um, how deep you want to go in on, like, you know, personal details about, like, what you do and all that sort of stuff. So feel free to just be like, eh. Um, but, like, so what, I mean, can we speak to what you do now professionally? Uh, we can talk about it a little bit, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I mean, so your job now is? I'm a writer for, uh, at the company, the same company that Rob works at, and we do trailers and advertising for entertainment. Yeah, so you write a lot of, like, movie trailers and TV spots and, mm -hmm. you know, various stuff. So, Video game trailers. Yeah to be pertinent to the podcast yeah well and that's 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 the fun stuff that i like yeah. to read that you write uh and um so what what next um in chicago so i've been lucky i've saved up a good chunk of money and over the past eight months or so i wrote i wrote a book um and i re reignited my passion for writing that for my for myself that had kind of i don't want to say it got lost but you know my focus became became my what I was doing professionally and I decided that I wanted this is what I want to do and when I gave my first draft of my book to some people to read like the main kind of theme I got from the feedback was this would be a lot better if if you weren't just like squeezing out 10 minutes a day in between work to work on it and you were focusing on it so I'm gonna kind of I'm just gonna give it a shot so you know. so you're gonna be doing like rewrites revisions on the same book or are you doing a whole new one I'm gonna I'm re rewriting the the same book now and then I have ideas for like five more and I'm just gonna basically yeah. hunker down in Chicago explore the city drink lots of beer and write is it an autobiography <laughs> no I'm afraid not it's a, uh, do you mind saying like what is your sort of genre that you like to write um I don't want to go too deep into it, but just fiction. I yeah. like coming up with fun stories. Nothing, nothing great American novelly. Nothing too serious. Just like fun. Stuff. Well, nice. what's your favorite novel? Oh, um, probably the Count of Monte Cristo. Oh my god, that's yeah. such a good love story. It is actually and story of betrayal and revenge. Deceit and revenge. I feel like such a monster. I've only seen the movie with but Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was good too. It was. That's what made me read the book. Oh, I okay. watched the movie. I liked the movie, and I got the book. And the book is. I was gonna say a thousand pages. Yeah. Is it Dumas or Dumas? I think it's Dumas. Okay, is he French, right? Yeah. What's well, I've never read anything by him. 
I mean, I guess it's like what it's three musketeers, three musketeers, and yeah. Count of Monte Cristo. That's, so that's all I know of. Yeah, I think those are the two. He has something else too, I think, but I don't know. Hmm. But it's a really good book. It's in it's thick though. Yeah. I read it when I was in college in <laughs> Chicago and read it on the train going to class. I loved it. Nice. Thanks. Yeah, that's so cool. So, um, if you can tell us, like, what was your favorite trailer you worked on while at Buddha? Oh, Which um, your, I mean, a past trailer. Nothing you're working on now, but I was about to say past. honestly, um, thing I might, um, I something that I did for Rob about a year ago for E3 was that Archangel trailer. I always really liked that. Oh one. yeah, yeah, the yeah. gameplay trailer. The the was that the one with the warning? Yes. The, yeah. Yeah. The repeating siren. Yeah, that was because. Uh, and f- for fear of saying too much, like one of the, the str- I don't want to say struggles, but one of the frustrations of writing for trailers is so like, there's always a lot of cooks in the kitchen. So what you write, you know, gets changed a lot. And that was one of the rare things where like they didn't change like anything. It no. was like almost exactly what I wrote. It's great when, yeah, when you write something that's so on brief and also when you have a client who trusts you and I mean, it also helps when you kind of nail what they want. Um, But yeah, like that was a, that was a fun one. Cause yeah, that was like E3 time last year. So yeah. It was the, um, I don't remember if it was, I guess, the launch trailer? I think it was the for, launch trailer. For Archangel, yeah, yeah. It's a, which was coming out for PSVR and Oculus and Vive and stuff. So, um, but yeah, that was that was a fun one. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. And um, as far as movie trailers, uh, I wrote uh, the Anchorman 2 trailer a few years back. Oh, that's back. so funny. I had a lot of fun with that one. Well, and like one of my favorite things you did, you wrote the uh, the recap for Xbox last year. Yes. Right? That was super fun to do because that was like uh, a fun piece to, I mean, I didn't edit it, but it was a fun piece to work with because it was super punchy and it was highly um, colloquial and conversational mm-hmm. via graphic cards. So we had a bunch of words on screen kind of walking you through, what, a 90-minute press conference yeah. in about two and a half minutes. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of it was a lot of work. That was a lot of rewrites. It was a lot of rewrites. Things um, changed a lot before was, that event happened. Yes. There was some... <laughs> Oddly enough, I don't recall there being a lot of late nights. It was a lot of early mornings because we'd have mm. the client come into the office at like 8. So I had to be at the office at 8, which normally <laughs> I get in at like 9.30. Yeah. So. And be ready to go. Yeah. That was fun though. I was I enjoyed that. Well, and because of the move, it's like right now you have a lot of a lot of lasts happening right now. It's yeah, like you're like you're just wrapping up all your sort of L.A. loose ends. I know like today was one of your last sort of beach mm-hmm. trips, right? Um, and I know you have like gatherings planned and all this sort of stuff. Are there any other lasts that you're trying to get out of the way before before you leave? Um, mostly just hanging out with people at this point. Um, I had my last beer tasting last night. Um, yeah, just no, not really. I want to go. Um, I have this one thing. Um, when I first moved out here, my two friends Joe and Anthony and I, we would go to these two dive bars deep in the valley every Thursday night. We haven't done it in years, and we're gonna do that on Thursday. That's probably the thing That's I'm awesome. most excited about. That's <laughs> yeah. cool. Um, and you're from Chicago. Yes, yeah, so the suburbs, but yeah. So you're moving. Okay. Yeah. And are you to moving the to the city? I'm moving to the city. Yeah. Hmm. So how far does that put you from the fam? Uh, about a 45-minute drive. And are you keeping your car? No. Okay. Selling my car. Really? So you're, I'm going to use Zipcar. Are you using your car to get out there, though? Yes. And you're selling it there? Yes. Okay. Because, yeah, it's funny. I was actually curious. Like, one, one, one question I had written down for you was, like, how do you approach a move like this? Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I feel like even, Satine, you can probably speak to this also a little bit, just, like, moving a longer distance. I am, you know, uh, from a place of convenience here. here. <laughs> like, I was, I was born in Vegas, and I moved to Palmdale with my family. And then Palmdale's, like, an hour, hour and a half north of L.A. And so, like, when I moved to L.A., most of my shit was still at home in Palmdale. And then, like, my mom moved basically in between Palmdale and <laughs> my college. And so everything moved a little bit closer. And then I finally got all my stuff. And so, like, it was a really easy, gradual move for mm-hmm. me. And I've just been in L.A. proper now for 17 years. And so, like, I've never had to do a cross-country move, especially it's, by myself. It's a beast. It's a beast. Um, I've been shipping stuff back. 
um because my parents live out there so basically i'm shipping stuff to their house and they're storing in the basement and then selling all my furniture and then i'm doing a two-week road trip where i'm like making stops in like portland and other places oh yeah so you're doing like a pretty circuitous road yeah because i don't have like a job to get to or anything (laughs) so i'm gonna enjoy it yeah i did not have as much stuff as i have now when i moved here and i if i was to move i would just sell it all yeah. So, bye. Start over. Can't yeah. can't sell the PS4 though. Yeah. Well, no. I'm I such mean, a crazy there are friend. things. Yeah. There <laughs> are things that you've invested time into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm such a crazy pack rat. I don't let anything go. Yeah. You would need a bulldozer and a forklift <laughs> and, a, and a few pallets. Just, <laughs> your your apartment is pretty amazing. I can just walk around and look at all the stuff in there. Well, someday the second bedroom will start to make more sense. We're trying our best. Oh yeah. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, as I mentioned, I mentioned last week, which I know you're hoarding podcasts for the road trip You're right um but like yeah i got rid of like three bags worth of clothes oh wow and, like you can walk in the media room right now oh but you still can't find anything because i haven't uh, reorganized it but <laughs> cool. you know it is what it is so um more on the the uh, up to front just quickly to go back really fast uh, last night todd and i watched veronica on netflix have you guys seen that i don't even know what that is it's a horror film from spain hmm. and it was pretty fun nothing Scary. super amazing it was actually pretty creepy yeah that was a good time anyway i just want to mention that veronica on netflix it's out there and then i will watch it <laughs> also have any of you guys seen american vandal i watched half the first episode did, did you not like it yeah it just wasn't doing it for me it's a little too a little too much well as somebody who loved the podcast serial Mm. It made, it was wonderful. It was so good. And like, I watched four episodes in one night, and then Todd and I watched the next four the next day. And um, uh, Maddie actually even said, another friend of ours, um, he actually mentioned that uh, it's a show that has such a severe genre shift by the time it's done. The first four episodes are very like comedy driven. And even like the next two, probably. The last two, it drops comedy completely, and it just goes straight up mystery. And it was so good. Really? It was so good. I had such a good time with it. All right, maybe I'll pick it back up. Anyway, it was a wonderful surprise. Like, Todd didn't want to watch it because he heard it was bad. Mm. And we watched one episode, and he was like, this is amazing. (laughs) And the next thing you know, we spent two hours watching half the season in one sitting. Wow. Anyway, I recommend it. Totally worth it. And that's actually the end of what I've been up to. Sorry, I get to go back. I just had to mention it because it was so good. (laughs) No, yeah, that's cool. (laughs) Rob and I are sharing a mic, but hopefully, like... Yeah, I can tell it's like, <laughs> I feel like it's throwing off you guys' rhythm a bit because I see like the microphone getting like turned. Well, it's fine. Like, uh, I mean, normally, like last time, I mean, we haven't really had that many guests, like, but we had, you know, when we had Travis, I made you two share a mic because you guys are related. I was like, you guys can get cozy. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was cute. So does that mean you shared a mic with Todd when you came up? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm worried that the, the rotation is probably going to create a lot of noise. Oh, yeah. So it's leave it I towards you. I'll just there. lean in. Okay. Um, I watched Sensei. I've been trying to finish Sensei the second season because I'm going on Thursday to the screening and hopefully a lot of people will be there. And I know Jamie and remember she liked my script and she like attached her name to my script. And um, so, yeah. The screening of the movie that ends uh, it? Then yeah, the new the new movie or yes, yeah, like the finale, con- yeah, basically. the concluding film that they're doing. Yeah, but I hope um I hope the Wachowski Wachowski Wachowskis I hope they're there. <laughs> I don't know if it's Wachowski or Wachowskis. Yeah, but, either uh, way, I want to meet them. <laughs> well, so. um, so Nick, on the more on the, the Nick front here, what is your what's your what's your favorite game of all time? Of all time, um. Yeah. All right, let's let's talk. Let's, You're let's, allowed to have like a top couple. Yeah, because I I I like to kind of. 
instead of doing of all time is compartmentalize, uh, compartmentalize things by era because okay. it's it's hard to compare you know something like Horizon Zero Dawn to Super Mario Three. It's just it's so yeah. different. But um, but that said, if I if you're gonna gun ahead to me, I'm gonna say Final Fantasy Seven because that game oh. changed had the most profound gaming effect on me out of like any game I ever played. Are you going to do the remake? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't, I don't even know. They haven't even given any of the details about it. But when I'm it comes out in 2042. Yeah. Are you willing to wait 50 years? <laughs> I've already I've played that game three times already. What? Yeah. I, wa- I was re-watching, um, I think it was Keith. He was, or maybe it was Steven. They were replaying the game, and I was like, oh my god, I remember this game. It's so good still. Even today, it still s- looks good. It really is a great game. Yeah, before yeah. Final Fantasy VII, I'd only, my only video game interest was platformers and sports games. You know, your Mario 3s and, like, your Maddens. And I remember that there was this amazing, speaking of, like, what we do for a living, Rob, there was yeah. this amazing TV spot for Final Fantasy VII. Oh, God, and it was, like, this really all. epic narrator. And he's like, if you, if, and then he, like, builds and builds. And he says, you know, if you fail, you can always hit the reset button. And then, like, it was like, Final Fantasy VII. And it came out on my, either on my birthday or, like, the day before or something. Like, right around my birthday. And so I got it for my birthday. And I was like, oh, this is what a, a video game can be. What's well, I remember like I think yeah I think I must have seen some sort of like ad that just featured all the pre-rendered CG stuff and I was like oh my god of course yeah. then you play it and it's like oh the models are much different but still like oh so good when yeah I do like that they keep releasing at least like the PC version of it mm-hmm. for other things like even on PS4 so now you can turn up the speed or yeah. you can turn off random encounters like just the fact that you can do that it's on iOS too yeah yeah and I think it has the same extra features too which is great yeah I did that version burned through it it was really fun that's really awesome did you watch advent children no um i want i i honestly i remember wanting to and then i remember somebody who whose opinion i trusted told me not to see it that that it was a waste and i just didn't see it i feel like all the extended universe stuff on that's like it's so you just have to be you know very into the world to kind of deal with some questionable everything Mm -hmm. like they're fine if you just want more of it but they're not it's not a good movie compared to all other movies. Mm-hmm. I think Sephiroth was one of my crushes at one point. I think so. so I, I think so. Cause I think I remember being in my car and being like, nice one. Yeah. <laughs> he's, Thank you. He was the coolest dude. Yeah. Um, I actually not this. I don't know if this is too blue for the podcast, but when I never experimented with smoking pot in um, <laughs> in high school, I named my uh, pot smoking utensil Sephiroth. Sephiroth. <laughs> was it silver? Um, It was silver. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I was highly unoriginal in that uh, I had a pipe that I named Weed Pipe. Wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. He took, a, well, I, it, guess when he got named when I was kind of messed up. Oh, he, yeah. he took a tumble off a table uh, like after maybe a week mm. and shattered into a million pieces. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Rest in peace, Weed Pipe. Yeah. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> anyway. So, um, well, so, okay, so while you're here, I have to ask Destiny. Uh huh. What happened? Right? Like, because you're not into Destiny 2 like you were Destiny 1. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, well, for the record, I'm a huge de- I was a huge Destiny 1 fan. Well, I platinumed, you, you platinumed it. that. Platinumed it. Plus, platinumed the main game, plus got all the trophies for the expansion. So I 100%ed okay. it. I loved it. Um, and Destiny 2, it plays just as great. It, I love like, the shooting the, in it. The shooting and the gameplay and the mechanics are all just top notch. But I don't know if... I can't. I can't quite put my finger on what rubs me the wrong way about Destiny Two. I've given it multiple chances. I don't like the token system. I, I, mm. I just there's just 
I don't know. I feel bad like that I'm that I'm that as someone who loves that game so much, I should be able to explain why I don't love Destiny 2, but I can't. I just it's something's not right. Well, and I think it might be yeah, it might be easier to identify what you really do love instead of like especially because you liked something so intensely like mm-hmm. with Destiny 1. And if Destiny 2 to sort of like fall a little flat for you, it's I imagine it's probably hard to figure out exactly what is different cuz yeah, it's weird. I lo- I don't mind the token system that much. Um if anything, I was surprised that after I finished a lot of its story content i kept playing uh-huh um but even then after the last dlc i think i've decided i might be done unless they do like a kick-ass event uh-huh well, well there's gonna be i'm i'm already they're announcing um on tuesday the they're doing the stuff. year year two year yeah year two sorry yeah, um, year, two. year two reveal um I, I have high hopes i think that they can absolutely bring win me back yeah they can write the ship i'm i'm like begging them win me back <laughs> win me back i'm uh, more than ready to dive back into that game yeah. so then are you looking forward to anthem uh yes I don't know that much about it yet, but from what I've heard, absolutely. What's well, it? There was a teaser that actually popped up in my Instagram feed in like my stories. Yeah, me too. Um, oh. Like it's like a probably a five six second spot, just oh. a little bit of. It looks like a cinematics or okay. CG. It doesn't look like gameplay, or if it is gameplay, wow. It really? Looks, it looks nice. Um, and uh, they were just, it says, like, you know, look out for our full gameplay reveal on June 9th. EA Play, probably, yeah. Yeah, I think it's yeah. June 9th. So um, I'm looking forward to knowing more. But... Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. I, I feel the same with you, though, on Destiny 2. I think I've said this before. It just, to me, it was just more of the same. And since I played Destiny 1 and I loved it, even though I played it later on and it was pretty much right before Destiny 2 came yeah, out. Yeah, you got a new later, I remember that. Yeah. And when Destiny 2 just, yeah, fell flat for me, I did like the video. Villain. Mm. I thought the villain storyline was interesting, but the game, I was just like, it's just step and repeat. The whole thing is just over and over. And I was like, can this thing just end already? <laughs> Destiny is actually the reason I bought a PS4. Really? I had some coworkers at my old job that they were like, we need a third person. You would like this game. And I was like, okay. And it, wow. it also came out on my birthday. So maybe that's why I liked it so much. I don't know. So, okay. When's your, wait, you guys are, must be, have close birthdays then, right? We are. Because yeah. if you've talked about your birthday on the podcast, I'm September 9th. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, the first. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Done. I Bello know yours is Virgo. 9-9. Yeah, Virgos. I love Virgos. We're the bestest we friends ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, Virgos make the best friends for any sign. I always say we're we're everybody's best friend, but everybody's worst lover. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how proud you are when you yeah. say that. <laughs> I just think it's funny. <laughs> true or not true, I'm amazing. Okay, by the way. Okay. <laughs> so, um, well, I guess uh, what have we all been playing? Do you want to lead, Nick? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, because of the move, um, and I'm going to be going gameless for a while. Yeah, I, and you're going to do like a hard break. I'm yeah. I'm just. Um, I've already talked to Rob about this, but I'm I'm taking a break from video games until Black Friday because I'm selling my TV before I move, and um, I want to enjoy the warm weather part of Chicago. And then once the weather turns, I'm going to buy a TV and start gaming again. So um, I played God of War. And then I did a replay of Rise of the Tomb Raider that I just finished last week. Ah, so I love that game. And then I downloaded Inside um, <gasps> during the uh, last Flash sale. Yeah. I have not played it yet, but I plan on playing that before I leave. So that'll be that'll be it. And then, of course, I play Hearthstone every day. <laughs> you should get Oxenfree, too, if you haven't played I it. I played it. Oh. I loved it. Rob, another oh, Rob recommendation. Yeah. I love those single-word, single-sitting games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that was a good six hours. Yeah. 
Sweet. What's and yeah, before I know it, everyone I know will have played Oxen Free because I do keep pushing it on everyone. Oh, and I did try. I tried Overwatch for the first time last weekend. Yes. Yeah. Who? Um. Okay. Who's your main? Like, uh, who are you playing as? Um. I haven't played it enough to go that far. I, I. I did. Um. When I got into my first match, it said you know need a healer, so I chose Mercy and I ran around healing for the entire match. A man after my own heart. <laughs> Although you're the crazy person that goes battle mercy on everybody. Oh, really? No mercy. <laughs> yeah, she pulls out the gun and starts firing on everybody. I, I, I realized that halfway, I was like, um, so I was just healing people, but then when people didn't need to be healed, I was like, well, can I shoot people? And I started mashing buttons, and all of a sudden I switched to a gun, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Violet Femme, who actually listens to this podcast and also plays with me on um, Overwatch, she was watching my stream, and she was like, you are a great offensive mercy. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me <laughs> yeah don't fuck with satine she'll kill you no don't <laughs> so what were your thoughts on god of war i really liked it um i it fell short of the hype to me though it's i do think like the the perfect uh like you know just the masterpiece thing gets tossed around a little too much yeah. it was great but yeah i don't know if it's like it's not cracking my top five of all time no i i'd give it like probably an eight out of ten um the i loved the axe the axe have you played yeah i played well you'll when you catch up with the podcast <laughs> you'll hear my review of it oh sorry i forgot <laughs> but um yeah but well, continue she started and then she watched somebody else play oh okay it. um no i love the axe is amazing I thought I thought the story kind of dragged, to be honest. And I loved the Lake of Nine, the exploration, like how every little island was like its own little mini puzzle. And then as you play through the game and the, the level, the lake drops, and then there's more. I loved that, but. Yeah. Um, by about three quarters, maybe 80% of the way through the game, I was just like ready for it to be over. Yeah. And I, going into the game, I thought I was going to actually try to platinum it. Like I was like thinking about it as being like, uh, something I could do before I move, like just focus on platinuming God of War. And then 80% of the way through, I was like, nope, I'm well, just finishing this game and walking away. Those Valkyries are punishing. Yeah, they were. Like, they were cause yeah, I flipped it down to easy when I started doing all the Valkyries after I finished the game. Cause I was like, I'm. I don't need to be punished by this anymore. <laughs> and I took out all eight of them. But uh, after you do the eighth Valkyrie, you get like a new boss battle. Uh -huh. Even on easy mode, uh, I think I only got her down about two thirds of her health bar at most. And that was probably one time out of like a good 20 attempts. And this is somebody who's platinum Bloodborne. Yeah. Like, like it was. That says something. It was brutal. And I was like, well, I have to come back when I'm way stronger, like with better gear. Or maybe I'm just done. <laughs> and so I decided I'm done. I found the uh, the item, the menu screen, very just what the hell is going on. The, the upgrade system for like enchantments and runes and armor and weapons and all those things are so complicated. It's way too complicated. Yeah. I, I just started just buying things because I was like, I don't know what <laughs> I'm buying. I don't know if I'm even equipping it, but I can't take time to go through all this nonsense <laughs> i would spend like 10 minutes in the menus and todd's like what are you doing and i was like i'm trying to figure out if i want to like save up for a new ability or if i just want to make this one better or maybe want to change it to a different one i don't know and he would just get really frustrated because <laughs> like he would just commit to something and just yeah. do it and then he'd later he'd be like oh i should have gotten that eh. like he was what he was super cool about it and i was just like no it has to be just right yeah i think the only game i'd spend that much time in a menu system on is 
for me, The Witcher, which was complicated as is. Yeah, The Witcher's menu screen. It's been a while since I played that, but I remember the menu screen being a little difficult. That's a tough thing. I mean, if I'm designing a game, I think you, you got to put some time into that menu screen. Seriously, like an elegantly made UI and menu is really underappreciated. People don't realize how much work goes into them. Yeah. Like I was talking to some friends who worked on, um, they worked for the company that made the the like Rise of the Argonauts or Jason and the Argonauts hmm. game. Like uh, I remember what the company name was, but like they mentioned that like the person I think who developed the UI for that was like it was like the last task of somebody who did something else. Oh, like they just happened to finish up that one task. They're like, "Cool, you do UI," and they were like, "I don't do UI <laughs> for a living." And like, I never had to think about how much thought has to go into that. And you probably want somebody who just does UI for a yeah, living, totally, to like focus on that because you know we're seeing such. I think we're we are seeing some games that do it so well. Yeah, um, and another game I played recently too. Going to the what are you playing? Since I yeah. don't think. Either of you have played it, so just want to give it some love is Nino Kuni too. I loved that game. It's sitting on my shelf. Shocker. So is the first one. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Nino Kuni too. So did you finish it? I did. Um and I'm near I was I want to platinum it someday, but I just kinda hit that wall where I was like, I need something new. Um, but I only have like four more to go. Was it as hard as the first? No. It's a very that was actually something I liked about it. It was a nice relaxing game it was a great game to come home from work to and just kick your feet up and play and well, just i was kind of hoping the first would be like that just because with the style you would think that it'd be slightly casual a little bit more friendly yeah and then it wasn't at all <laughs> nino kuni 2 is like one of the most relaxing enjoyable video game experience i've had in a while nice and then i went to god of war which was stressful yeah and it's so man angry <laughs> he mansplains everything to that little kid <laughs> boy boy let me show you something Get over here, boy. <laughs> Get that. Get up there. Let me toss you up there. Stupid. Well, I mean, I mean, amazing. <laughs> so what have you been playing? Uh, oh, Overwatch. I'm still on Overwatch Anniversary. Makes and sense. And I'm glad I got this Sombra from Nick. Thank you, Nick. Because I am really desperate to learn how to be good at her. Because I feel like she's a sneaky bitch. She's super cool. And I want to be a sneaky <laughs> asshole bitch who just disappears and reappears and kills you. Talk to Alfredo. He is very good with Sombra. Alfredo is good with everybody. He's good with, <laughs> he's good with Doomfist. If you yeah. could be good with Doomfist, you could be good with anybody. I just found out that like if you look at like the numbers of like playtime, and this doesn't even include several game modes, the character... like. Every single character he has spent, I think, at least 15 hours on every single one of them. Even the least used character, he's at 15 hours. Actually, speaking of unused characters, I decided to play as Arisa today. She's pretty badass, actually. I got, on my first attempt, my shield absorbed 22,000 damage. I was like... (laughs) That's in effing sane. I was like, I'm a fucking Arisa. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, that was exciting to learn. Nice. So what else? Are you playing anything else? No, that's it. <laughs> All right then. Um, well, I started Detroit Become Human. I've played oh, yeah. probably the first, I think I, I looked up the chapter list just so I could figure out where I was. I'm on chapter 12, I think, of 32. Hmm. And it's good. I like it. I like those Quantic Dream games. Like, I, they, uh, they're just a fun, relaxing experience because it's been a really great sort of palate cleanser for me from Dark Souls Remastered, which is like the thing I'm spending most of my time on right now. Um, but as of today, uh, I have, I'm up to nine bosses down and um, I've had probably the most popular boss battle in all of Dark Souls history happen today, which I don't know if you guys know, um, like, so there's, there's also, I've also uh, hit both of the two like biggest frustrations of the game and 
they're oh. both past, which oh. is great. I've done Blight Town. Mm, which, I've heard of that. Yeah, everyone knew about Blight Town because it was the the level that had massive frame rate drops and everything's fucking poisonous and it's super dark and it's a pain in the ass. Even when it works, it's a pain in the ass. Um, but I got through Blight Town several. That was like a week ago, and um. There's a part where you have to run up some ramparts on the outside of a castle to get into it. And there are two knights that are shooting uh, arrows, at, great arrows at you, that are powerful enough to knock off about probably 40% of my health bar. And they knock you back about probably five feet. And so one arrow will just knock you off the roof and or kill you. Like, it's extremely difficult. That's insane. Um, of course, then I, I actually was like, how do you even get past these? And it looks like even everybody who actually knows what they're doing, like instead of parrying and reposting and just being super awesome, most people just shoot them with two poison arrows from really far away <laughs> and wait about three minutes and then they just die. Wow. Yeah, like their health slowly erodes. Right. You can see it. But um, that, that's a boss battle? No, no, no. Those are just two frustrating things. But one of those was on the way to the most famous boss battle probably in the series, which is um, Ornstein, it's a Dragon Slayer, Ornstein, and Executioner Smo. Um, it's a super nimble uh, Dragon Slayer guy and a big fat guy with a hammer. Um, nimble guy has like a lightning spear and hammer guy has like... I think it's magic, just a magic attack. Um, and they're so ugly. <laughs> well, <laughs> Dragon Slayer is pretty awesome looking, actually. I feel so. It's the two of them. Oh, okay. And, like, so it's super fucked up because you walk, you walk in. Like, the level is super hard. Like, An Orlando is where they are, and it's a really hard level anyway. Um, you walk in and you see Executioner Smo, the big guy, and all of a sudden the camera shows up on a higher platform and. Ornstein shows up, and then he drops down and joins him, and you fight two bosses at the same time. And they're both difficult. They're both extremely difficult. And then uh, as soon as you kill one of them, the other one absorbs their special ability and gets harder, and their life fully resets. So like, if you have one down to like 5% health and you kill the other one, that one that you had down to 5%, full health bar, and they're meaner now. Like, and so, like, yeah, if you kill the Dragon Slayer first, then Smo gets um, electrical powers. He has lightning now. And if you kill the Dragon Slayer first, um, Executioner Smo gets, I'm sorry, the other way. If you kill Smo first, uh, Ornstein grows and gets massive <laughs> and he gets magic abilities. Huh. And um, it's just super fucked up. It's really hard. Damn. But it was fun. Um, I did it with help. I always, I like summoning help. Oh, yeah, because you can do that. That's yeah, right. I'm a big fan of the co-op. Um, I, I love how wh wh what's the bigger Ornstein's the big guy? Uh, Smo. Or Smo. I love how Smo has like boob breastplate. Yeah, he has actual like nipples on his breastplate. Like they're massive. Like it's almost like I don't know. Like he's very effeminate. I love that. Yeah, it's in, like in his ugliness. It's super. <laughs> it's super fucked up, and it was really hard, but it was really fun. So yeah, that was like a big kind of uh, I guess rite of passage for me in the Dark Souls universe today. Is he your crush of the week, Rob? No, <laughs> no, he's not. Anyway, so yeah, that's what all I've been up to. I've just been kind of very slowly getting through Dark Souls, um, which I'm really excited, though, because I feel like such a shitty fan in that, like, I've played through Dark Souls 2 twice. I've played through Dark Souls 3 and all of its DLC and Platinum Bloodborne. Haven't beaten the original fucking Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah, I get and it. Demon Souls Gotta either, actually. But uh, <laughs> when they do a remaster of that, I will yeah, do it. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Because the servers are down now, so I'm not doing Demon Souls because... I like uh, I like jolly cooperation. It sounds awful, like torture. <laughs> like 
That's torture. That's not that Rolly game that you were saying. <laughs> Nino Kuni? Yeah, Nino Kuni. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Rolly game? <laughs> Don't you roll around and collect? No, you're, are you thinking of Katamari? Oh, yeah, I'm thinking. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like, of the, the I, wrong game the entire time. I thought you were like Loco Roco or something. I was like, what? <laughs> or um, what was the Ball Madness? Ball Marble Madness. Marble, Marble Madness. Madness. I love that game. Classic. I like it on the actual arcade because you get the roller ball. Mm. The trackball. Yeah. yeah. That's dope. Nice. Well, now that we've gone through all those things, is it time for us to learn? You want to learn something, Rob? Well, no, I think Nick should learn because I accidentally looked at your screen and I saw oh. the word. You want to learn something, Nick? Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> the word of the week, week, week is concupiscent. Uh... This word's for you, by the way. <laughs> wow. I have no idea. It's an adjective. Um... I don't know. The only, the only word it reminds me of is concubine, which I'm sure that's not what it is. But hey, you're getting pretty close. You're actually kind of on the right track. It's <laughs> I I don't know though. I'm having a hard. I, I don't know. Rob, would you like to do the honors? Sure. I never get to do this. It is an adjective meaning lustful or sensual or eagerly desirous. Oh uh, yeah, I guess I can see how that goes with concubine a bit. Yeah, it actually kind of it's it feels you know not too uh, distant from that. Yeah. So. And the first time I saw Nick at Rob's place, I was like, who is that tall drink of water I've never seen before in my life? <laughs> my mom's calling me right now. I don't, I don't She's wait. like, don't talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> She's not family. <laughs> All right. So, um, well, I guess we're on to the vinyl frontier, which is... It's time for the vinyl frontier. <laughs> Which, um, fun fact, I have nothing this week, but I think Nick has something to talk about. I do. Um, Destiny actually has a, has some vinyl coming out. It what now? You didn't know this? I didn't actually, because the soundtrack to the first one, or the second one, is so good. Uh-huh. Especially the farm. The farm theme is so oh, good. Oh, that's my favorite. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, so the music of Destiny Volume 1 is now available. It's uh, six discs, and it's $99. Where is that available? Um... I don't know. You'll have to Google it. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I didn't do my I didn't do my full homework there. Um, <laughs> no, I, didn't I believe um, if I remember correctly, too, a portion of the sales go to a charity too. Nice. Well, I'm gonna look that up. And I don't know if you saw or you already talked about this, Rob. Um, but God of War, Mondo. Oh, did I, you talk about that? I believe so. I ordered it. Okay. But it's a pre-order. It's not gonna ship for a while. Um, yeah, I think I did back when the game launched. Let me go through my old notes because <laughs> I'm just convinced that I must have. I'm guessing it's out now because they're posting on instagram now so yeah oh yeah, yeah i actually don't think i, I ordered ever it. talked about it but i did order it i ordered it. it it was available before the game came out so that would have been games aren't even out for like a month Jeez. you might be it, getting it the, get, the game came out on 420 your favorite day <laughs> it was a good day there was a lot of good releases that day <laughs> i bet there was hey yo um, hey yo all right so well that's actually that's actually good to know because i didn't know that one so I knew they did like the, um, yeah, they did like a single of the Paul McCartney track mm. for Record Store Day, which I actually did I not didn't get. I didn't know about that. Actually. They did a single hmm. of the Paul McCartney track, the first one. Um, yeah, pre-order The Music of Destiny Volume 1 Collection Edition Final Set from BungieStore.com, directly from them. But yeah, that's awesome. So it includes Music of the Spheres and Destiny Original Soundtrack tracks. Um, but yeah, that's it's a good looking set. Jesus. Oh yeah, it's very dapper. I'm very excited about that. It's a very <laughs> handsome set you got there. That's been saved on my phone for later <laughs> nice well oh oh sorry i had more shit on the what you playing thing not what i'm playing but like this is where i kind of just toss this news when it happens coming to backward compatibility for xbox uh a lot of rockstar stuff table tennis 
for anyone who really wanted to play that again. Huh. Uh, Midnight Club and um, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, both the original Xbox version and the 360 hmm. like remaster or remake of it, are both backward compatible. So Rockstar is like just taking over backward compatibility with Red Dead and all uh. those other things. Um, and then they announced the PS4 or the PS Plus titles for July. I was like, what month are we going into? <laughs> no, it's for June. For June, for yeah. For this month. Uh, XCOM 2 and Trials Fusion are both coming to PS4. Hmm. I didn't even write down the other ones because I don't touch my PS3 anymore. Going back to uh, Rockstar, I want them to remaster Red Dead so bad. Well, it's like for PS4 though. Yeah, I was like, have you seen? Yeah, I've just... heard. I don't have an Xbox, so I know but I've seen it. Yeah, like just the 4K Xbox One X sort of updo of the original is so impressive. Are you are you guys fans of remasters? I, I am slightly bitter that I've bought the same game so many times, like just across all of them. But I typically do buy them and play them. Are you? Uh, the only remaster I think I've played so far is um, the Uncharted when they redid oh, okay. the great. Uh, first three games. Did you not do Infinite as a remaster? Bioshock? No. Oh, okay. I didn't. Because I love them. I don't know what it do is. Do they change? Like, yeah, the game's I, the same. Some, I mean, they, they're they just cleaned up for the modern consoles. I just, I don't know, something about being able to go back to a game I love, but better version of it is great. Well, are there any remasters that, like, if you could will them into existence, what would it be? Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. That was and, fast. And uh, Oblivion. Give me those Bethesda so games. So you want the old Bethesda Gamebryo engine games just up dude for i i am a bethesda fanboy (laughs) um i've platinumed fallout 3 new vegas and 4 and skyrim so it's when you platinum something like fallout 3 do you exploit game save fractures or do you play through it again play through it again i like that game enough because i that was that, that's actually the first game I ever platinumed, um, and it was, I don't want to say it was by accident, but because it was, I played it, loved it, and I was like, well, now I want to play it as a bad guy. So I played it as a bad guy, and then by the time I finished that playthrough, I only had, like, you know, the neutral trophies to get. So I was like, well, might as well. I love this game, so... And wow. it's it's and if that game came out remastered, I would platinum the remaster because I love Fallout Three. I was like, because all the infamous games I tended to play both good and evil, so I played all those twice. Mm-hmm. But Fallout Three, I was a total like at that point, I was an achievement hunter, mm. not really trying to do it the real way. I would do a lot of like, oh cool, I'm at level thirty nine, and right now I'm at you know total good karma. So if I want to get the middle one or the negative one, all I have to do is go to Ten Penny Tower and blow it. Right, and so. I used Tenpenny Tower as my my great karma shifter. Okay. So I could just unlock additional achievements. Okay. But I tended to play through the whole game. Like, what what was canon the way I played it right. was he was a good guy. Okay. But, yeah, I would uh, exploit for, like, yeah, when he's like, oh, you hit level 40 at positive, hit 40 at neutral, hit 40 at evil. And so I would split my, my saves. Should we talk about Fallout 76? I think we probably should. Oh, no, we need to do Graphic Jam first. Then oh. we'll talk about that in the news. Okay. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. No, no, all oh, good. All good. Know. It's like I had it in, even on my news thing. So Wait, I, I was going to ask you, though, are you excited for um, 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 the new Bethesda game, the Tink Girl one? <laughs> what was it called? Rage 2? Yeah. Oh, Rage 2, yeah. No, I'm not. Um, well, I shouldn't say no, I'm not because I got to see gameplay, but I tried getting into the first one and I couldn't get into it. Uh, well, it sounds um, like the Bethesda developed games, not so yeah. much just the Bethesda published games. Yeah, except for the Dishonored. Because gotcha. that one's developed by uh, it. Yeah, that's an right? it game. Yeah. Oh, you like Dishonored? I mean, um, 
Oh, I was thinking, who no. did the one with the knights? And you choose the knights, um, not Dishonored, but, oh, fuck. <laughs> Moving on. Well, I'm glad we stopped right there because you just got yourself stuck in a graphic jam or like a word jam. <laughs> um, so I have, was given um, some possible reads and Snot Girl, which was one that I wanted to do. That sounds hilarious. I know, I can't <laughs> wait. It was... Um, Oh my god, I can't even think right. What am I saying? Violet Femme recommended it. That's where I was going with that. And it didn't come in in time. So we're going to get J.K. Rowling's The Tales of Beetle the Bard. And did you read any of the Harry Potter books? I have not read any Harry Potter books or seen any Harry Potter movies. Oh my god, you'll be so obsessed. It's so good. I know I'd like them too. It's just one of those things I miss. I was like in high school when the first one came out and I just... I wasn't reading at the time, and it kind of passed me by. And I do feel like someday I'll read them, and I'll be like, damn, I should have read these. It's good as adults. They are fun. I mean, but definitely, and this is a weird thing to, like, this is a strange sell. Um, Just as a heads up, I felt the books didn't get that good until the fourth one, Hmm. which that's a lot of pages to get through. But the thing is, they're completely, uh, I want to say inane, like, but they're they're completely, uh, they're they're friendly, they're fine, there's nothing, you're not going to hate them, but you're Hmm. not going to be, like, that impressed. Mm -hmm. Once four happens, though, they're just adult books at that point, and they're great. Yeah, they become very adult and very dark, and I mean, you love the characters already, and then you just see them grow up from adolescence into like these adults that have to deal with real problems, even though they're wizard problems, they're still like real life problems. So uh, this book is actually an actual book that young wizards read Hmm. in the Harry Potter universe. And this is kind of like their mother goose tales. And they talk about it for the first time in the Deathly Hallows, I think part, well, the Deathly Hallows, but part one, if it's the movies. And, um, it's a it's a collection of stories that have like um, morals and consequences and the the thing about these books is usually like um, fairy tales have humans and magical things happen to them you know but in this world the actual people are wizards and they can create magical things happen good or bad the consequences are that um, you learn from your mistakes and the one it's a bunch of different ones and they each have like an afterword by El- Albus Dumbledore the belief uh, headmaster of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. <laughs> the retconned Ooh. gay guy. Yeah, you had to go there. <laughs> I still think it's weird that like after the series was done, they were like, by the way, he's gay. Albus Dumbledore is historic Rob. Stop tainting his name! <laughs> I tainted nothing. <laughs> um, so the, the one story I'm going to talk about from this book is The Wizard and the Hopping Pot. And it's about this wizard who's very beloved by all the muggle um, people around him, which are non-wizarding folks. Mm-hmm. And he lives in this town full of muggles. And he is super generous and heals the sick and helps the poor and this, that, and the other. And he's kind of like the witch doctor of the area. And so he dies and his son takes over his magical pot, which helps him create all these remedies and things. And his son's a fucking bitch. And he's like, wow, I'm not going to help you do nothing. Y'all can deal with your own maladies. You can deal with your own shit because I'm like, I don't want to deal with it. He's a muggle hater. Mm. And he's a, it's called a, he calls like anybody who's um, non-wizard born a mudblood and he's a bitch. (laughs) So he starts, he inherits the hopping pot, which as people start bringing in their maladies, the pot takes on the maladies. So when comes like a person comes in, my child is so hurt, he's screaming at night. Could you please help? I think he's sick. 
And he's like, no. And so the hopping pot will just start screaming all night until like nonstop. And then another one comes in with like um, another problem. And the pot just takes on all these problems until the wizard finally goes, fuck, I'm going to help y'all motherfuckers out. (laughs) And here we go. And that's kind of how he becomes a good wizard is he has to deal with his own demons before he can become a nice person, even though he's forced to do it. But still, it's still a good story with consequence and moral. Well, I was surprised that that she didn't write more of the sort of texts that the the young wizards have to read because it just seemed like the obvious sort of thing if you wanted to sell more books. Yeah, like she lists a ton of them. Like you could write a billion textbooks if you wanted to, just and keep keep that keep that money coming in. Well, she does have like some um, kind of. She has a monster book, mm-hmm. and it's it looks like the actual like monster. Oh, the one where you just stroke the spine. The stroke, yeah, stroke the spine. I'll open up or it'll attack you. Um, so she has a few different ones, but I think this one's really cute, and I love the way she writes. Like it's just so soothing, and it flows so well, and she's descriptive in, in things that she needs to be descriptive. But then again, it still flows like super well. It's not like reading Lord of the Rings. Well, and I was I think St- like Stephen King used to have um, the back page of uh, Entertainment Weekly. Like he could do I think whatever he wanted with the back page. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if memory serves, and like for a while he actually was reviewing books at times, and he reviewed some of the last Harry Potters. Because he was a big fan. And um, I remember, like, he even said, like, as they started, as they, you know, hit the sort of end of the series, he was like, she has grown so much as a writer. Hmm. Because she used to use a lot of techniques that he hated. Like, she would use, I think, too many adverbs or something. Like, there was something that that he actually tries to avoid in his writing. And it drove him crazy that she used them so much. Hmm. And by the time the books were done, he was like, this is so good. She's grown. Like, these books just keep getting better. Like, Stephen King's She grew with her character. She grew up. Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I thought that was a fun little thing. Well, okay, so and Nick, did you have something for for Graphic Jam? Uh, I mean, yeah, tell us. Um, or at I, least book-wise, something. I've well, I've fallen. I used to read a lot of graphic novels in like high school and stuff, so I have fallen off on it. But since I'm here and I don't, probably won't be here again, um, I will <laughs> shout so, out till next year. I'll shout out a, a a graphic novel that I really liked when I was in high school. It's called Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, and From it's Jonan Vasquez. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, it's been a long time since I read it, but I remember being completely enthralled by it when I was like seventeen. Well, as as my as was I. Yeah. I feel like. <laughs> I so I've, I've I read quite a bit of that, and that, that was right when like Invader Zim was happening. Uh-huh. Like Jonathan Vasquez was happening. Yeah, it was. I just if I'm gonna mention a graphic novel, it's got to be that one. It was great. <laughs> I can't say I've read it, but I recognize the artwork. Yeah, some good stuff. I remember, he was crazy. Like oh, just like there's he was, so many pictures of him screaming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of a person with about a thousand knives in his throat. That sounds about right. Yeah, and it says, you, ta- you, oh, thought, you thought I was rude. Oh, I can't remember. You thought I was rude, too, so you told your boyfriend to beat me up. And then that's what happens, I guess, when you're rude to your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really crazy con- It's a really crazy book. It's fun, though. Nice. Cool. Well, homicidal maniacs are fun, apparently. What? Yeah. In comic form? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are tons of fun. Just in real life, they're a bit of a problem. Yeah. Um... Well, okay, so actually, sorry, on the, rem- the remaster thing, because actually I was enjoying that that chat, actually, before we went back to Graphic Jam. Are there any remasters that you would want to see as a team? Bayonetta, the first one. Do you actually want to see, like, a, a total, like, not just a re-release of it, you want to see, like, actually, like, redone? Yeah, I want it redone. All right, then. I want the Onimusha series. Never played either of those. You didn't play Bayonetta? No, because um, I didn't have, it was on Wii, right? If I remember The correctly. second one was on the Wii 
you. Okay, the what was the first, first one, one on? Was PlayStation. It was it was on PS3 and Xbox oh. 360. Well, then I just completely failed because I never played it. It's so good. Is it? It's so good. It's like Devil May Cry, but like. Well, yeah. If they remaster that and make it on PS4, I will play it absolutely. So I'm with you. I, I'm I I, I um co-sign the uh, bayonetta. Yay. <laughs> um. So I guess on to newsy stuff. I got some yeah. news. Do you got some news? I got some news. Go for cool. it. All right. Well, um. So like, speaking of Bungie, mm. uh, do you hear they got a hundred million dollars for a new non-Destiny game? I heard about that. Yeah, because like uh, I forgot who who was it that gave them the money. I think Chinese was, company. Yeah, Chinese investors. Yeah. Right. They want them to be a multi-franchise uh, development studio, which I think could be cool. Could be cool. They've always been a single. They've always been very monogamous. Yeah. You know, to their series. I mean, if they can make another game that runs and plays the way destiny does bring it to me well it because it, yeah it's crazy like bungie has been very successful in that they've set up two very big franchises even if people are kind of mm. a little on the fence about destiny 2 it still sells destiny fans are hard to please they trust are. me we we are very greedy <laughs> we want a lot and then and the halo i mean obviously halo has moved past bungie now and it's developed by 343 but like we're on what you know five canonical halo series thus far and then there's you know halo wars and odst right. and reach other stuff like halo is a massive franchise that kind of has even continued beyond bungie yeah um so yeah it'd be kind of cool to see what else they what they make i would have loved it yeah because destiny is supposed to be a 10-year thing so oh wow so they probably without this money they we would not be seeing something else from them until destiny is done so that's that's it is exciting nice i didn't know that was 10 years it's a, that's like how long have we gone so far? Uh, this is this will be four. four. This will be four. Um, it's uh, yeah, I I I because there are people that know this more than me because I wasn't hyped on Destiny before it came out. It was like I mentioned earlier in the mm-hmm. podcast, like people at work got me to buy it. But from what I understand, it was marketed and like sold as this ten year journey. So without this hundred million dollar investment, it's safe to assume that they would be doing nothing but destiny for the next six years yeah. after these current four. This seems like the kind of money you'd take to sort of just hire a second team, exactly, to really yeah bolster your numbers and focus on something else as well. Um, but yeah, it's like destiny. I wasn't totally on the, on board the hype before it came out either. I was like, I don't know if I need whatever this is, right? Um, and then I played the beta and I was like, that was fun. <laughs> and then it came out and I was and I think I got a free copy of it because uh, of a work connection. Uh-huh. And I played it, and I was like, "This is fine." But, yeah. And I played through all of it, but I was like, you know, and every year, like, I, I didn't play what Dark Below or House oh, of Wolves, okay, until a year later after Taken King, when I got a free copy of Taken King, and it came with all the stuff, and nice. I was like, "Sure, I'll replay, I'll, I'll play through all the DLC." <laughs> and um, then I officially was kind of a fan because Taken King was so good. Taken King was great. Yeah, yes. it did such a good job of kind of almost kind of re- hitting reset on Destiny. I'm hoping this falls. Uh, expansion does the same thing. Yeah, you know. Well, because like, I think we talked about like I always feel like the DLC in Destiny had to, was so revelatory; it always changed the game. And really- yeah. Uh, it fixed everything, and I feel like Destiny 2's DLC did not do no, that. No, hasn't, has not. So yeah, crazy. Well, we're in E3 Leak of Palooza. Yeah, we are. Do you have those too? I have a couple <laughs> of leaks that have happened. Okay. Um. So do you want to lead? Uh. Yeah. So well, I won't start with the first one because I know you want to announce that one. Oh no, that's not on my list. So you should say it. Oh, so apparently Bloodborne 2 has been leaked. Well, the, it's a rumor, right? That Bloodborne 2 and it's a rumor. 
and something else was going to be at the PlayStation press conference. Uh, but there's no hard details or anything. But I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah. Bloodborne is like the um, of the Soulsborne series. It is the only one that's kind of an active franchise that is exclusive to a platform. It's how old is it? Two years now? Bloodborne? Three. Bloodborne, I think, is three years three old. Three years. Like, I could be wrong. I'm kind of curious. I'm trying to think of out. that blood fountain we saw at, at Comic Con. That was Dark Souls. Oh, shit. That was three, huh? Dark Souls 3? That was Dark Souls 3. Wow. Yeah. Okay, like, I'm confused. Um, oh, it was so good, though. I love that fountain. <laughs> it came out in tw- uh, March of 2015. So, yeah, we're about three years and a couple months. Yeah. So, um, I'm definitely ready for a Bloodborne 2. I keep hoping that the uh, Shadows Die Twice announcement at the game marketing or the at the game awards last year was is uh is bloodborne 2 related we don't know anything else oh wow that'd be cool but okay yeah my fingers are are firmly crossed on that one because i just want it so bad anyway we know we know rob it's your baby it's so good like i like the souls games but bloodborne's better it's a tough one (laughs) yikes (laughs) so what else you got um socom coalition oh a new socom game Mm -hmm. that's been a while since we've had a a socom yeah and and do we know if these are actually just rumors or are these like official it it said leaks so i'm not 100 percent certain i did read the entire article but um yeah you never know until you're actually at e3 because sometimes a rumor is a rumor and a leak is a leak because yeah i mean i i know i saw bloodborne 2 get mentioned as a likely possibility at the PlayStation conference, mm-hmm. but um, I haven't seen any articles of any sort of... I haven't seen any articles that mentioned SOCOM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is also a maybe. Oh. That seems... Like, it seems like there's just a few sure bets that you would have to hear about, I would hope. Like, you know, but uh, I, my fingers are crossed for another Horizon. Cause Me too. Best I, new IP in years. I love it. I feel it. like Horizon just came out. <laughs> well, it came out... Not that long ago. Well, it came out in March of last year, so it's been about a year oh, and a couple yeah. months. Maybe it's because I haven't played it yet, but oh, it feels no! like I have. Which I think out. you would love that game. And, it's like, and you were all about it before it came out, and then you never touched it. I saw um, Steven put so much time into it like i feel like i saw a lot of the stuff so i was like Ugh. it's hard for me to get into something if i've seen a lot of playthrough mm. but it's like when todd and i do that we both make a point to not play when the other one's around yeah <laughs> but that i mean well yeah this is my fault but that's okay I'm, i will play it it's just i have to play it that's another game i platinumed platinum horizon really mm. Damn. That was like an accidental platinum. I was just playing the <laughs> playing the game so thoroughly that I got to like the end and it was like I had two trophies left. And I was like, all right, might as well. <laughs> it's time that for some cleanup. It's amazing. <laughs> um, you announced. Well, um, uh, the new Assassin's Creed has apparently leaked. Uh, it's called Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and it leaked via a photo of a keychain. And the keychain had the logo lockup at the top of it, and um, it has like a sort of Spartan-style helmet. A lot of people were saying it looked like Leonidas's or Leonidas. I don't know how to say his name. Leonidas. Leonidas. I don't know. Looks like Leo's helmet. <laughs> we're buddies. Uh, and. Um, like, and then it was like, well, I mean, is it fake? Is it real? What's the deal? And then within, I think, the day, uh, Ubisoft released a five-second teaser of uh, a Spartan-style person kicking somebody off of a uh, cliffside. Like, this is Sparta-style. Right. And um, and then it goes to the title, which says um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, see you at E3. And so 
Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to knowing more because I like Assassin's <laughs> Creed and I play through all of them. But yeah, that's like I always feel so bad when things were this close to E3 and yeah. leak, especially due to other things like a keychain or like last year Assassin's Creed Origins leaked due to Target putting out their pre-order mm. cards that had the key art on them right. like a couple days or like two days early. I am I'm so anti-leaking. Like, um, for a game like for instance, for a game I love, Dishonored Two. Um, somebody, uh, the night before the E3 press conference, they, uh, on their cell phone, they like recorded part of the Dishonored 2 trailer and then, you know, it got on YouTube for like a minute and was pulled down. But on the Dishonored Reddit, people were like, I was like, why are you guys watching this? Just wait 18 hours and see, see the way it's meant to be. Especially if you're a fan, like don't watch a bootleg, watch the good HD, like theatrical announcement they're making like because they're putting theatrics on it it's on a stage right like let them control this for a minute yeah i agree everybody wants to be the first with social media nowadays like i'm the first i saw it first now i can tweet on it and now i'm cool who fucking cares yeah Yeah. watch the official shit yeah yeah i agree well and then um there's another leak that just uh happened and this one i think is i mean nothing's been confirmed on it that's the the, kind of the weird thing about leaks is it's like well the person could be full of shit (laughs) you know or maybe we're right and um and so uh this one um there's a leak of uh it was like a photo of a bunch of stuff coming to the switch mm-hmm. and the big thing that everyone keeps talking about is that fortnite is on there so it looks like now fortnite might be coming to the switch which that's going to be huge because the switch its player install base is just skyrocketing it, the system just keeps selling uh for good reason it's awesome and um for me though because it's like a grid of games so there's like nine of them on there and fortnite all well and good i know it's like the most streamed game in the world and everyone loves it uh but towards the bottom of that photo i hate it i suck at it <laughs> i've never played it you tried it though you didn't i'll watch other people play it and that's fascinating to me but it's just so difficult for me my my poor little brain can't think fast enough <laughs> well I'm like i have to build a wall and shoot at the same time i don't get it yeah <laughs> it, it seems like a lot to take on yeah um but at the bottom of that grid though overcooked Two got announced, which I know. I think I'm the only person here who's played it. <laughs> no, I played it. Oh no! With you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where John? That's where yeah. I met you. Yeah. yeah, we played it at your birthday. Where like. John was adamantly screaming to chop the lettuce. <laughs> chop the lettuce. Yes, whenever John gets excited, I immediately start yelling, chop the lettuce. I think he was jumping up and down, too. <laughs> oh, he was. There's video. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Overcooked 2, rumored, hmm. like, you know, leaked in little quotey fingers. So I'm hoping we'll hear about that during, like, the Nintendo Treehouse. Okay. Or whatever that they do, like, the stream that they do before E3. So, um, fingers crossed, because uh, I want it. <laughs> All right. Bios- Bioshock Resurgence on PSVR is wait, announced. Wait, what is this? Bioshock Resurgence. Bioshock? Yeah, like a bio, really? Bioshock. I haven't heard about this. Yeah, I've heard nothing of this. You're so dropping. I cannot. I cannot reveal my sources because I don't remember where it's. I'll go find it. Right well, here. I'm hoping that you're right. You're blowing two cool. minds. Is it? Would it be VR only? <laughs> it says PSVR. Well, <laughs> so yes. <laughs> or I wonder if that just means you know PSVR as an extra mode, or I wonder if it's even like their Last Guardian uh, PSVR experience. Hmm, like, I don't know. Because like the, that PSVR experience was basically similar to the thing they did at E3 where they had the wall projection of Trico that would interact with you. Uh-huh. Um, where it's, it's you know, you're just in a thing and like Trico walks up so you can get an idea of the scale hmm. of it. It's not, you know, a real true Interesting. thing. Um, or Bioshock would always be a good thing. Oh, yeah. Even I'm, though I don't think Ken Levine is associated with it anymore. No, I mean, yeah, because he broke off to start his own really yeah. small development studio. I'd like to see what that guy is doing. Right? That's yeah. coming up with some cool ideas. Yeah. And I don't think he needs a AAA 
title to really make it happen. Mm. Yeah, so according to Screen Rant, these are all, I mean, Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, Bioshock, yeah, Resurgence, Devil May Cry 5. Yeah. These are all listed. Yeah, so it looks like a 4chan user leaked an internal memo, which reveals all the teasers, trailers, and demos that the PlayStation uh, press conference will be showcasing. The majority of the titles are well-known are well-known things such as Death Stranding, Last of Us Part 2, Spider-Man, which already has a release date this year, and Ghost of Tsushima, which I'm fucking freaking out <laughs> excited about. I'm loving this whole feudal Japan like renaissance we're having between right. between Neo and Shogun World in uh Westworld uh, and Ghost I of I love Shogun World. And Ghost of Tsushima because I mean, like I love Sucker Punch, I love the infamous games, so I'm excited about that. And like yeah, I'm just I'm that's I think it's one reason why I want Onimusha to come back so much because it's Capcom basically doing an action Resident Evil with feudal Japan. And so um, anyway, actually, yeah, if this is all if this is all right, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Take a leak. <laughs> Take a leak. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Do you have any more uh, E3 uh, newsy stuff? Devil May Cry Five. I'm excited about that. I do want. So I guess if it's five, it means it probably isn't necessarily related to the DMC game, which I liked so much. He was just so hot. This <laughs> is a game too, but also the developer of that went on to go do Hellblade, and it sounds like they just want to keep doing games like Hellblade hmm. instead of going back to a AAA action title. Um, I'll take both. Yeah, so I'm glad they're doing it, and I'm and as long as the Devil May Cry has continued like the sort of legacy of quality that they've had, I'm okay with it. Um, well, uh, there's a rando little side note, not E3 related. But for the month of June, uh, PS4, they gave out a free theme called For All Players. And it is basically, they're not saying it, but it is a gay pride theme because June is Pride Month. Shut it <laughs> down, Pride Month. So it's very cute. I actually have a t-shirt with the same icon. It has all four of the the icons that are your controller buttons um, with like a, and they're in like a rainbow kind of uh, trail. Oh my God, I love that. I want it. You should get it. It's free on the PlayStation Store right now. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> and yeah, it has the. Are fo- you gonna get it? Sure, absolutely. And, has- and you can display it for like a few days. Before yeah, before I move. Yeah. I, I'm I'm into the now that after they had an update, you can um do screenshots and make that your background on PS4. Oh, that's cool. Like right now, my my background is uh from Shadow or no, it's from Horizon. I have like a cool shot that I took of Aloy like looking over. Nice. That's world. dope. Yeah. I don't do as many screenshots as I should. I did a lot for Uncharted Legacy, Lost Legacy. Of course, yeah, you have to. So yeah, it was a gorgeous game too yeah so good especially the scene with the elephants and you're in like the elephant pool oh yeah yeah, kind of towards the end Uh, i totally took so many photos with those damn elephants (laughs) i Um, I like that game a lot well and as i just rando like thing have you guys heard my interpretation of the playstation icon icons because you know officially it's like square triangle circle and x Uh but it's more fun if you talk about it in terms of pizza (laughs) there's or relationships there's box of pizza slice of pizza whole pizza and no pizza (laughs) what if that's like a four slice um, it could be a slice New diagram pizza yeah oh. it could be a slice diagram but i just love the whole like you know box sliced whole pizza no pizza <laughs> you make me want pizza right now i want pizza every day so welcome to my world <laughs> so i'm looking bad. forward to having some chicago style pizza which i'm a monster i've actually never had chicago style deep dish I mean, i've only had boston style. oh i used to work at one of them so i've had a lot of it it's like boston style i imagine is just pizza with a weird accent <laughs> yeah but good pizza <laughs> I used to work at Lumal Nadi's for any of you Chicagoans. That's the best. Are they still open? Yes. Are you excited to go right to there? There, it is like a local chain. Yeah, there's a bunch of them now. Yeah, because like I think the only chain I know of, like somewhat, like I guess not even Midwest, but like you know that corner of the country is like Noble Romans, which I'd never had until I went to go visit a like family in Indiana. 
Hmm. Interesting. But yeah. I'm so happy we brought up pizza because that will take me into a story I'm going to come up or talk about soon. Uh Oh, okay. Excellent. Well, I I think there's no better time to start a pizza story than now. Okay. Yeah, let's let's go to it. So I have a tale to tell. As you can tell, Nick, (laughs) we're not very structured. No. Well, we are, but... Not today. Kinda. <laughs> um, so Ted Dabney, the co-founder of Atari and video game pioneer, died at 81 years old. And um, he was accredited to kind of with his um, associate to create the Atari, like everything that we love about Atari. And he started the franchise with them. Um, I forget his name. I didn't write it down. Nolan Bushnell. Thank you. And um, so anyhow, this story I read was super cute, and I just want to kind of go through it. So Dabney invented the early technology that allowed dots to move on a screen without the assistance of an extremely expensive computer, and thereby essentially inventing the modern video game. And it was called the Spot Motion Circuit, and it allowed a dot to move up, down, left, and right on a screen. And it was different because it did not need the same space as like a supercomputer. They could put it in a small box. So Hmm. basically the beginning of the arcade machine. And um, it's funny because they made these games for pizza parlors. So people could go in and play it and which makes sense because that's where I played a lot of my video games. Oh, yeah. Pizza Hut all the time. (sighs) The best. They always had like Samurai Showdown and all those games. (laughs) I remember ours had the uh, the, Terminator, or not Terminator, Ninja Turtles, the four player. Oh, yeah, yeah. The arcade classic. totally yeah that was a good one i still play that (laughs) and um anyhow so they invented this game called pong i don't know if you've heard of pong before (laughs) but they made it for in these cabinets called arcades or arcade machine and for pizza places and to their dismay though the the very first one they put out they got a call back and said hey it's already broken and they're like freak so they go over they check it out the reason it was broken was because too many quarters had been stuffed into it so it was a, like an overnight success uh-huh. So they had this huge demand for this Pong machine for different um, retailers. And so in one memorable case, um, as the cabinets piled up in space in their makeshift headquarters dwindled, Dabney said he got a saber saw and cut a hole through the wall to the um, empty apartment next door. And the landlord came by and said, you can't do that. And Dabney said, adding um, that we did it, so you just have to tell us how much we owe you. So they were making some bucks yeah, back in that geez. day. And to continue with the pizza thing, they broke up, Dabney and oh, Bush. Nolan. Yeah. Nolan Bush, no. Yeah, they broke up and they went their separate ways and then... Um, Dabney started selling groceries with his wife and then went into pizza and started and started a pizza company called Chuck E. Cheese. No shit. Go fucking I did not know figure. that. Jeez. <laughs> That's crazy. That is crazy. Uh, I had a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese once. That's, I didn't grow up with Chuck E. Cheese. I grew up with Pistol Pete's in Vegas. Oh God, I knew Pistol Pete's. Well, we had that. showbiz here yeah, uh, in Fresno. Well, and then, like, I remember being like amazed there was a place in like Southern California, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkles, which I wasn't actually huh. familiar with those characters at the time. 
until I went there and I was like, what the fuck is this? I Can I tell a really quick story from my Chuck E. Cheese birthday party? Please do. What are yeah. we on time now? We got, we got 17 minutes <laughs> left on the okay. card before we have to stop and reload. Um, okay. So I had a birthday party in Chuck E. Cheese probably like five, like fifth birthday. And I think like five years ago. <laughs> my next door neighbor, Robbie, was a year younger than me and he's a good friend. We He also collects Nintendo games with me. And um, he was a, as a kid, he was a really scared kid. He was the neighborhood crybaby, which is weird because he grew up to be like this super tough, like hardcore skateboarder guy. But when he was a kid, everything scared him. And when Chucky came out to greet everybody, he got scared and ran off, but nobody saw him run off. And like a little while later, everyone's like, where's Robbie? Where's Robbie? And we had to like shut the entire birthday party down and scour Chuck E. Cheese's. And we found him hiding in the bathroom under, like, there was a cabinet he under the so sink. He was so scared. Yeah, he went and hid in the cabinet under the bathroom sink. And it was, like, crying because oh. the, the giant mouse scared him. I oh, totally understand because at Show um, Biz Pizza, they had, like, a whole band of um, these animatronics. Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese had that, too. Yeah, that the Rock of Fire explosion. And there's even a whole um, documentary on, on, this, on these animatronic characters. And scared the sh- I love them but I would have nightmares about them <laughs> animatronics scare the shit out of me so it's just kind of funny how much I love them and like I can't even ride Jurassic Park without like sweating well you won't be able to ride that much longer because they're shutting that thing down to update it for Jurassic World in September I think no oh. they're gonna shit it up <laughs> <laughs> well, they're gonna add a bunch of new tech that that ride has not aged well are you kidding me it's so good well no, like have you noticed how many of those animatronics don't really work because they've been sitting in the sun for 20 years uh <laughs> they've been waist deep in water in the sun for 20 years i was just there and they seem to move just fine to me except the car that's yeah, supposed to when's fall the off last the time you've seen that jeep fall off the wall okay that thing doesn't work yeah that was like 15 years ago last but time everything moved. else works <laughs> the fucking tyrannosaurus rex moves and that thing scares the shit uh, out of me i'm looking forward to them updating it so well actually okay so uh newsy stuff i only got like two last little things real fast and then i realized we need to talk to nick about like something very very important and special to him that we haven't talked about yet um so rando newsy thing jamie fox just announced that he is going to be the new spawn for the next spawn movie no (laughs) ma'am I don't really care about Spawn, but I thought I'm, it was I'm Rob, but I thought I, it was an interesting I, thing. I, I got a kick out of that. And isn't stuff. John Leguizano supposed to reclaim his role as the clown, re, be recasted as the clown? I didn't know there was a new Spawn movie until I read the headline that Jamie Foxx was in it. I thought we all moved on from Spawn when the 90s ended. I don't know. I love Spawn, but I right, if, yeah. I hope they have Angelica in it, who's the Valkyrie. And she's my favorite character hmm. from Spawn. Dream casting for her? Yeah, that's my dream. Oh, my dream casting for her is, um. oh, God. Oh. Because I don't know what Maybe she looks like. Maybe Charlize Theron. Okay. She might be too old by that time. No, I think she'd be good if Jamie Foxx is spawn. Here, I'll look her up. So you can, but that's cool to know. Yeah. And then, um, well, one thing I know you want to talk about earlier, uh-huh. Fallout 76. Officially announced. Mm. So but we don't mm. know a whole lot yet. We don't know anything. And that's what's so damn frustrating. <laughs> like, I almost wish they just had kept their mouths shut until E3 because they put out this extremely vague trailer and the fallout community is like losing their shit trying to guess what this game is and it's a lot of oh yeah i can see charlie is doing that um we're looking at the uh angelica and it's actually angela I, angela i think it's angela. is it angela to play up the angel element or something yeah all right but she's the one who's also owned by another company. Marvel, I think, owns part of her now. Oh, really? Hmm. I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. Neil Gaiman, or Gaiman's Angela is coming, or Angela oh, yeah. is coming to the Marvel Universe this June. That's so funny. That, hmm. That's right there. Crazy. Yeah. Okay, so on the Fallout front, 
Yeah, like what? I know there's rumors saying it might be a survival RPG with yeah. multiplayer components or something. But yeah, like, this like, you could just throw shit at a dartboard and make guesses about what this thing is going to be. Yeah, some guy from Kotaku, uh, Jason Schreier. I don't know if yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's, he's like the editor in chief there. Yeah, he's like the guy saying that it's like a online thing and people are not happy about it on the Fallout Reddit. Um, I am waiting to find out. I mean, as I've said earlier in the podcast, I eat up just about anything Bethesda Game Studios does and yeah. anything with the Fallout IP. So I'm all about it. But I just wish they would have kept their damn mouth shut well, and just waited till Sunday at their showcase to just drop it. To actually something to really show. Yeah. Just show me the gameplay. I don't I don't I don't need this extremely vague trailer teaser that does nothing for me and other and, than let me know a game's coming well, and to be honest and yeah it's like the engine that fallout uses uh is not that beautiful it's a little long in the tooth so like the games they look fine they never look super beautiful so right. like, to have a teaser that says so little it's not like you're showing off these spectacular visuals they, it looks great i mean it looks like it's in step with the franchise right but like we're not seeing this massive you know the uh, sort of departure from what we know fallout to look like right but then again who knows what they're gonna show totally there there is um there's a billboard one of those you know at the for e3 how they do those like three building oh, billboards the hotel figueroa there's been one going up for fallout 76 and somebody on reddit was like driving by it once every hour and taking pictures of it oh man and what's on it um it's the, I, the the far left building had not been painted yet but the middle building shows vault boy like walking out of something i and, love vault boy so much and the background here's where the speculation gets a little crazy so the background if you ask me it looks like space with stars and like one big thing that's been like a big rumor with uh bethesda is they uh patented something like they're like i'm gonna get this completely wrong but they have like a patent for starfield something called starfield and people have been assuming that's their new ip Mm. And then I saw like this crazy, because we're in crazy speculation mode, that that fall, this Fallout 76 is Starfield and that Vault 76 was launched into space and that we're going to be like on a new planet or some something. And That's cool. The seeing like what looks like stars in space behind Vault Boy crazy. kind of feeds into that for me. Um now what's funny is a, a week from tonight I'll I will probably sound like a complete jackass and get, having gotten this completely wrong. But no, we're all we're all making guesses. Yeah, we're just having. But yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm Fallout junkie, and I was not expecting anything for Fallout for another year or two at least. Yeah, I didn't think so. we're gonna get anything until like I guess because I mean if history is telling, then we wouldn't get a numbered entry yet. We would right. get another sort of offshoot before we get Fallout Five. Right. But like right now they're way overdue on a new Elder Scrolls. Right. Um, I mean like Elder Scrolls Online is happened but right. we haven't gotten a real elder scrolls right. title um but they keep re-releasing skyrim on <laughs> yeah. everything yeah uh but like yeah i know it's time for elder scrolls 6 it is it is um and uh there is a spaceman on the official oh. teaser oh well, the, the space monkey that's a jangles the moon monkey yeah the moon yeah. monkey and i'm also hoping you might be something <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a good point. Um, there's a hope that that they're also gonna remaster Fallout Three this year. It's ten year anniversary. And Fallout Three was my it was what got me into the series. Me too. Me too. Somebody tried to get me into Fallout Two in high school, but our family's computer could not run the game, so I never got a chance to play. It. I bought Fallout and Fallout Two um, on good old games, but I and I've oh. installed them. But I mean, I. I like last thing I want to do so like in my downtime is play with a computer. Yes, there it is. Okay. Oh wow. See how that looks like? Yeah, it space looks like, it looks like a sort of a window or a, something out into space. Yeah. 
But Ball Boy's not wearing a space helmet, so how could he survive? Well, he'd be inside there. Oh. It's like a glass it's window, like a maybe. a force field, maybe? Gotcha. Yeah. It's always interesting when, like, the, the sort of triptych of uh, panels. It looks like this will actually be done in time for E3, though, which is nice. Because I remember being really surprised the year that um, Gwent was announced, two years ago at mm-hmm. E3. The, the Hotel Fig side panels weren't done until I think the last day of E3. Really? They were still being painted the entire time. Yeah, that's what I wish I would have seen that. That's where it gets tricky, like having to, because this could be spoilery and they have to, if they want it up there, they got to do it a week before the show. Yeah, and like, because yeah, I mean, their press conference is going to be, what, Sunday night? Yep, pretty much exactly this time next week. Okay, so they got a week crazy well yeah then i guess that might also be why they they released the trailer ahead of time just so like it wasn't gonna be like oh our billboard announced the name yeah of the game. That's, that's a good point yeah. um because yeah i guess when you're doing something that public that you can't just do a grand unveiling right it's very slow <laughs> and people are always checking on it um yeah the gwent one was strange because it had a lot of like real life people on it like real life faces that weren't really speaking to like the game world uh. anymore like yeah they were oh, i know this post yeah they were bringing real people into the, the you, tavern i know satine that you played a lot of witcher recently but did you get into gwent yeah i like Gwent because i was when i played witcher three years ago i was so freaking sucked into that Gwent. i tried to get every card i, did, I gave did up did you but... play the um the extension of Gwent, like the the standalone game? i i did a little but the problem was i was so far removed from when i played the game that i kind of forgot how to play it's quite different okay yeah so you'd have to kind of relearn it but it's good it's yeah just, it's a lot of strategy and you don't start out with very good cards so mm. it's hard to like play other players when they have like great decks and you're like i got these shit starter decks <laughs> Well, let me let me guess. You can buy more cards with real money. Oh, you know it. Of course, yeah. <laughs> you know you could buy great cards yeah. with real money. You want to spend 150 bucks? Go for it. <laughs> Trust me, as a Hearthstone player, I know all about that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so do you have any other news stuff? Okay. Do you have any news though? I saw much we were doing. Oh, I news. don't know. Okay, cool. Okay. All right. So enough about the news. Uh, one thing I meant to actually talk to you about earlier is retro game collecting. That's like a thing that you are like way into. Yes, that is. What do you want? I mean, I don't. Where should I begin with that? Uh, well, I guess um, let's just start uh, with the with the good stuff. So you are mostly an NES yes. game collector, right? I have. Um, you know, let me let me check, check my, the list. Check my app just for um, to be accurate. Um, I've been collecting Nintendo games since about 1996. Um, what app do you use, by the way? Um, it's just called NES Collector. Um, okay. I have 741 NES games. And how many Jeez. are there? Um, I, I need, according to this app, I need 29 more games than complete the set. But that is a little off because it's you know it's got the uh, Nintendo World Championships cards. I'm never gonna get those. Yeah. It's got like you know the uh, Bubble Bath Babes and stuff, which I will probably never those, get. Those are non-licensed, right? Right. Yeah. I count those. I want all the oh, games. Okay. And then um. Like I'll, I'll probably never get stadium events, so but oh, that's expensive. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you're I'm, not gonna spend sixteen thousand dollars for a game. No. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Did you get the uh, Mega Man release from Mondo? No, Was it Mondo or I am a bit. No, not a, I'm not. A, I don't do the repro thing. None of the repros. I just want the originals. Um, and what about originals that are still being made on NES cartridges now? Like I know that like homebrews. Yeah, like there's one we have at the office that's like Russian roulette. Oh, I did get that one on on Kickstarter. Okay. I, 
just because I liked it, but in general, I don't do homebrews. Yeah, um, it's not counting as canon for the, the collection. Right. Okay. I just, it's a, so basically the story is in roughly 1996, my next door neighbor, Robbie and I, we were kind of not feeling what was in the current video game marketplace, like N64 and stuff. It just mm. wasn't jiving for that us. That was a generation that didn't play really land with me. That yeah. was the height of my PC adventure gaming. That's my, and I mean, there's, don't get me wrong, there's some good games in that era, but um, in general, it just wasn't hitting. And both of us had kept our NES games from when we were kids and we kind of dusted them off and started playing. I'm like, oh my God, these games are so good. And then we went to like, we should go to Funkoland and buy some. And you go to the Funkoland and they're like a dollar, 50 yeah. cents. They were just, people just, nobody wanted them. So we're like, all right, let's let's get the games we wanted when we were kids that you know our parents wouldn't buy them for us because they're fifty bucks. Yeah. So we started buying games with whatever little money we had, and then Robbie is a that guy is a career hustler. He's just he's one of those people who just knows how to game the system and like just hustle for things. And he came up with the brilliant idea of asking people at school and on the bus, like, be like, hey, do you still have your Nintendo games? Do you want them anymore? And people would just be like, here, take them, take them, take them. Like, oh my god, fifteen games for five bucks. 15 games for 10 bucks you know just take them and so we both just started accumulating these massive collections and like then high school came around i was driving we would every now and then maybe once a month we'd go on hunts where we'd go to all the funko lands in the area and just look for used um, old nintendo games that we didn't have and I had a friend who worked at the Funkland in my town, so I had the card that gives you, you know, ten percent off. And then he would give me his employee discount, and I would go in there with twenty dollars, and I would see how many games I could get for twenty dollars, and I'd walk out with like twenty-five games. That's awesome. And then um, college happened, and then I moved out here, and I had no money, so I completely stopped collecting for like ten years. Um, started back up maybe like two, three years ago, and it was like the the prices just like went nuts. Oh, and, you're yeah. a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but they are, my collection is obviously worth a lot more than my paper, but I never, that wasn't the intention. Like, had I known, I would have been, I would always just bought one of every game, and if I accidentally bought a double, I would trade it in or tra- yeah. sell it to Robbie, and had I known, I would have been just buying everything, but. Yeah, there is um, no way to know that. So yeah. It's be collectible. No way, but if you think about it retroactively like they are they are to our generation what baseball cards are to our parents where it's like everybody had them but nobody took care of them and you threw them away and you got rid of them and then you get older and you're like i kind of wish i still had those yeah well and it's like i brought some of that logic to even just ps2 games because like i got my ps2 after i got my 360 Mm -hmm. because i always lived with people who had ps2s and then i suddenly didn't and i was like fuck if i want to play any of these games that i really liked i just need to go buy them right and so i used my christmas bonus my first christmas (laughs) bonus so i felt like such an adult buying uh i bought a ps2 which i knew the system was only gonna get cheaper but for me it was like 120 bucks it was Mm -hmm. the slim line like one of the last models they made right and i saw like the system i knew would only go down but i was like you know what fuck it i need to get the system but the games right now i knew they were kind of at like their lowest point yeah before they were going to start going up again especially when it came to um rare titles Mm -hmm. to get a copy that wasn't beaten to shit or missing its box or missing its manual and so like even at that point i was paying like 40 bucks for some games just because i knew if i wanted them i wanted to pay for them or i was going to pay out the ass later for one that was possibly destroyed right um and so like i bought i think i i think the math was i bought like a system and like 22 games within a week oh wow it was just like give me all of them right. which apparently i had a capcom fest because mm. that generation capcom fucking killed it yeah. between beautiful joe oni musha the resident evil remakes devil may cry the two maximo games mm. and it was just like they were just they were on fire that generation i don't know but anyway so it's more about the nintendo thing though. yeah and like you going off what you said about picking up the rare games that's 
I could go back. The one thing is that nobody knew really. Like there was, you know, there was this uh, list you could get online that was like a rarity list. But in general, I didn't know like certain games like Little Samson, for instance. That's one game I don't have. That is one of the rarest games. It's like a thousand dollar game. And like had I known that was a rare game, I would have forked over the money for it. Yeah, I would have forked over the twenty 80s. years ago. Yeah. yeah. And so that's the game that's gonna haunt me for however many years. But you get lucky. Like I did uh, a couple weeks ago. I got. Um, Flintstones, Dino Peak, Panic Restaurant, and Bubble Bobble 2, which are all rare, really rare games. Dino Peak, I think, might be the, the probably the, like, the third or second rarest uh, licensed game. Really? Wow. That's a very pricey game, and I got that. Um, on, I got all that from this one guy on Let Go that was like moving on the Let Go app. It's an app. Um, yeah. He was like moving, and I got those all for very cheap. Um, so it still happens, but it's yeah. very hard these days well, to get them. I'm so surprised that Bubble Bobble 2 is a rare one, because I knew like there was everyone I knew had Bubble Bobble 1. Because it was... Um, was it super late in the life cycle? Yes, of the, of exactly. A lot of the rarest games um, are Taito games. T-A-I-T-O. Taito, a, I think. They, yeah, they... Um, is that the I, one with the bee? No, what's the one with the... the that's little... that's, oh, that's, that's Hudson. Hudson Soft. Hudson yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not the greatest historian, so I might get this a little wrong. But Taito was one of the like they were still publishing games at the end of the of the life cycle. And Little Samson, Dino Peak, Bubble Bobble Two, Panic Restaurant. Those are like four of like four pretty rare games. And there's I'm pretty sure there's more that I'm missing, but those are all very expensive games. They're all Taito games. They're all late in the cycle. It just um that's just how it works. You know, yeah. like people would moved on to Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis, and they're still making games and. Not a lot of people got yeah, small quantities. Yeah, and I and um, but I'm not an expert on exactly how, why certain games are rare. I should be. You think I would be, but I'm. That's a lot of brain space to dedicate yeah. to that. I just like buying them and playing them. Like, yeah. Like I when I got Panic Restaurant, I couldn't have been more excited to play it. It was Wait, a really weird game. I was curious if like when you get like you know for your collection, like have you at least fired them all up? Like, if you at least tried them out, assuming they're opened. Like, if you get oh, yeah. a sealed game, I imagine you're not going to crack I, it. I get them open. I do have three sealed games that I got just for the fun of it Ooh, back yeah. in the day. Um, But I try to play them. Um, there's some that I haven't played, but it, ideally I plan on playing them all. Right now, Um, because I, I never brought my stuff out here when I moved out here. So, like, a lot of it's in storage at my parents' house. All of it is, actually. And um, <laughs> wherever my console is. Um, But I do want to, at some point, set them up um, and, in Chicago and have some you know weekends where i just buy some beer and play nintendo well did you do you also buy um other do you buy accessories like i know you i just saw you got like a power pad in the box right right uh do you buy the accessories like do you have a robot operating buddy i do have a robot operating buddy it's like because that's been a thing on my list just to get just to put like on a shelf because he's awesome when his name is rob like how am i supposed how am i not how do i not have that i got i actually remember specifically getting the rob because i was at my friend ryan's house in high school and i'd been in this guy kid's basement multiple times we'd like hang out there and like drink beer and stuff like dumb high school kids and um <laughs> i like spaced out and i look over and i see this familiar face and i'm like robot rob and it was the box the deluxe set box that he came in yeah it was, which, it was the console and him right? yeah and, and it's extremely rare nowadays and i was like you have this and i was like can i buy that off you and he had to talk his mom into it because mom was like the kind of mom that wants you to keep everything which yeah. god bless her because now i have it but <laughs> She was like, um, she said she'd only sell it for $75, which at the time I was like, that's a lot of money. And I had to like sleep on it. And then I did it. And uh, thank goodness, because that's like a 
four hundred and something dollar. Yeah, Usually, we'll moms aren't that into that. No, thing. no, but Mrs. Garcia did not want you. She wasn't uh, playing. Well, yeah, and if, she owned the pawn shop and everything. <laughs> well, if you happen to come across another robot operating buddy, let me know uh-huh. because I might have to uh, have you get it and send it to me. I would do that for you, no problem. Uh, yeah, I feel like a monster since I don't have one of those. Since we you know share a name, and, and all. it's pricey if you want to buy it on like eBay. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, they're not cheap. Yeah. And the bummer is, I feel like so many game stores. Like we we live close to Game Dude, which mm-hmm. Game Dude is a great used video game store for the current generation especially yeah but anything that's rare everybody who knows is on it yeah and it's gone like i don't think that shit makes it to the shelf yeah and like because one thing i've been looking for for a long time was the cdx oh you know it was like the single thing that did both what 32x genesis and sega cd games <laughs> and it was like one device that i think you could run it on batteries if you wanted to or something hmm. like that it was but it was like a single console yeah, you that, get five minutes of play time yeah probably <laughs> it's meant to be lugged around and i kind of always wanted to get my hands on a sega cd uh-huh. um so i could play uh what lunar to eternal blue which mm. ended up getting redone for ps1 anyway but like i've been trying to find one of those just because it's a fun late oh my god run Lu- system. Lunar 2, i love that game oh. that game made me cry <laughs> and there's a scene where you can like go to the like the spa with all the kids and they're all naked do you remember i actually haven't played it i haven't played it either that's it's What's, so good. <laughs> I dabbled a little bit in uh, what uh, Lunar One, Silver Star Story, which that was hilarious. Because I remember there was a woman yeah. who sang extremely out of tune, and I listened to that sound clip like a thousand times because it was. Hilarious. Oh, I love that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the opening sequence song, so good. And uh, but no, it's, I I'm always kind of curious, like just you know about like the well, and if you played all the stuff because like one of my favorite NES games is one that no one ever talks about, the Battle of Olympus. Oh. um... I I haven't played that game, but I Robbie love that game. My collecting buddy next door neighbor that was like his favorite game. We're the robot. Up. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like that game is so good. Its soundtrack is good. Its combat is good. Its world is really cool. But also, Greek mythology is a fascinating mm. world, especially to kids. Yeah. And so it really, but it's it was hard. But like I think what it shared a commercial with Abadox. Oh. I remember there was like Abadox. there was a TV <laughs> there was a TV commercial. I think that like. Because they were both published by Broderbund. I don't know titles. I think they're both Broderbund games, and they they uh, shared an advertisement that was like one thirty second spot for the two of them. I need to play Battle Olympus. So Robbie always talks about how great that game it's is. It's real good. So once you get the once you get the sandals of Apollo and you can run on the ceiling. Oh, it's so good. The whole <laughs> game is good. It's worth it. What do you feel is the most brutal of NES games that you've played? Oh, oh gosh. And the sad thing is I do have an answer for this and I'm having a hard time thinking of it. Um, yeah, old Nintendo hard. There's so many games. <laughs> I know which one I feel is Those games are so hard in general. Like if you, like for instance, if you play Contra without the code, it's like, holy shit. Although yeah. my friend's older brother could beat that game without dying. That's, That's crazy. crazy. Well, it's like, I, the one I would say from the original NES that's the hardest was all control based. And that was so hard. Dragon's Lair. Oh. The Dragon's Lair mm. NES version. Obviously, it doesn't play like the Laserdisc version. Yeah. And Dirk the Daring is Dirk the fucking ungodly <laughs> slow and hard to move. He's so difficult. Yeah, I'm I sorry. I'm not going to be able to answer this question. I'm spacing. Mine, I'm spacing. Mine would be Athena. Oh, never played that one. So, which is another like Olympus kind of. Like, yeah. You yeah. play the goddess. You ever played Athena? I never played it. I have it, but I never played it. I remember buying that game at brand new. Hmm. For like 50 or 60 bucks and being so utterly disappointed because it was so fucking difficult. And not only are all the enemies difficult, you're weak, you're like a two-hit kill, and it's a timer. It's like, how could you be so mean, game? Well, I used to say, I, I'm really actually... They happy. were harsh back then. Well, and I'm glad that we're in this space now with, like, digital games and smaller... Like, we have different tiers of games. Like, I expect some games to come out at a $20 price point. Yeah. And that's awesome. Because I remember, yeah, like, back in the day, save up 50 
bucks, Christmas, birthday gift, something. And like one time I spent $50 on a brand new, you know, NES cart of uh, Dr. Mario, which is great. In retrospect, I have zero complaints about that because mm-hmm. that is actually, I think I like that more than Tetris. Oh. Like I recognize Tetris is probably, you know, objectively the better game and it's had a bigger impression on gaming as a whole. I like Dr. Mario. But Dr. Mario, the soundtrack is yeah, good. Yeah, it's a good game. And like, I love that title and I bought it on like the Game Boy and then, you know, <laughs> Of course, the Brazilian yes, I played hours and hours and hours of it on an emulator in college. And, um, but like at the time, 50 bucks is a hard sell. Yeah, for, yeah. Wait, so you played on original Game Boy, black and white Game Boy? Uh huh. How does that game play on original Game they Boy? They redesigned the, the, um, the, uh, the viruses uh-huh. to be like ones like solid, oh. ones sort of checkered, and ones, uh, almost open. Yeah, oh, okay. I had that too. Travis okay. Yeah, they played with the cream spinach you, color palette to make you, it work. You know what's a really hard game? I don't know if it's the hardest game, but uh, I remember Rob, Robbie again. Now we're now that we're in NES land, I mentioned Robbie all the time. No, that's fine. Rob, Rob, top Rob, 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 Rob. Gun was a really oh, hard game. That landing gun, the plane. That landing. Yeah. Oh, oh, Top Gun. Yes, God. landing the plane. My sister finished the first mission once yeah. on the rental we did from Blockbuster on that. Once. That was difficult. I remember it was the super Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, that game top no fun right? <laughs> hey yo anyway but yeah i was i yeah i totally forgotten even in my list of questions for you i totally forgot to write down the retro gaming thing, <laughs> which i knew we had to do because that's important yeah well i'm really excited because uh, uh robbie lives in chicago and he has he has more games than me actually he's closer he's like you should I don't... beat him up and take him <laughs> He, because he's such a hustler, like I was yeah. saying earlier, like he, that guy is just, I don't know, he's amazing at getting games, but he has a, a full setup as his apartment. So there's definitely like, my collection will still probably be in storage for a little while, um, just due to my setup in moving, but I'll be going to his house and we will be having, we'll probably, I don't know what the organization will be, but I can see us doing like a once a week, like drink beer and play Nintendo thing. And I'll, I will make sure i play athena because i'm it's curious rough. i'm very curious now and it's real rough so and the nes that you play them on is it a top loader yes nice i used to, i i got a top loader um originally I had, a, I had a toaster and i think robbie has a toaster but i was able to when i got back into collecting like three years ago i got lucky and found a, a good lot that had a handful of games i didn't have and a top loader for like 100 bucks that's awesome and I just jumped on it because the top loader is one of those things it's like one of yeah, those elusive beasts that i just kind of yeah. never even seen since it came out like, and, it, and you never see them and it works better yeah well they work yeah. so much better because yeah. yeah the connectors just connect yeah <laughs> <laughs> they do what they're supposed to do and are named after Ugh. And I, I do dabble in some of the other consoles too. I have some Genesis games and stuff, but it's definitely Nintendo is the is the dream. Well, and I, I can't help but wonder, like, yeah, when you're doing games like maybe like Genesis titles, you probably actually have a much more high chance of getting a complete game when you get it, just because yeah. it like those boxes were meant to hold the cartridge. Yes. And the, the instruction manual for long term yeah. use, unlike the cardboard things that just they felt like they were meant to be thrown. Right. They had the sleeves though. Yeah. Well, the, the sleeves the, are cool, but they, yeah. they they were either like the blank ones or they had nintendo printed on them right. and that was it yeah you know but like even then there's not a good place to put the instruction manual unless you t- put it in the sleeve with the card right. i always did that's what yeah. yeah i love those you're right the genesis boxes i think they made the best out of any games like you gotta have the boxes yeah they look beautiful on a shelf too oh yeah like and it's funny even my genesis boxes i sort of mangled them a little bit because i used scissors to cut the hang tags. oh you cut the hang tag <laughs> yeah, well, no when i was in like middle school i was like these <laughs> things weren't attractive and i don't like them <laughs> and like now i'm like god damn it why didn't i just let them be <laughs> You know, <laughs> and even like, and like 
even though, and like for some reason, I think I started getting a little bit of a collector sensibility uh-huh. a little bit, like with my N sixty four games, mm. but still not fully because I would take out the cardboard thing that the cartridge sat in, the little tray, and, or... yeah, throw that away oh. so I could flatten the N sixty four box <laughs> so I could just you know flatten it without destroying anything. Huh. Um, still. Still not complete. No. Like, I still threw shit away. Right. It's just like... Well, and I was the one that held on to my CD long boxes for a long mm. time. For a long wow. time. They, so, they got thrown away. Going back, were you a Genesis over... Were you guys Genesis over or Super Nintendo? I was Genesis because all my friends had SNESs, uh-huh. so I didn't have to worry about collecting those. Okay. And then, very end of the life cycle, I bought an SNES. Okay. Yeah, I was both. Both? We, nice. I, yeah. Oh, you yeah, because your brother, right? Yeah, I didn't... My, my sister wasn't a video game player, so it was me. I, I, that's smart. You have the brother, and you guys each get one. Yeah. Well, it's like, we had the... Like, the reason why we got the NES was because of my sister. Hmm. Well, she was four Mine, years, too. Yeah, she was four years older, so it was like a gift for her. I took to it super fast. She had her moments, but for the most part, she was kind of like, oh, this was fun. You have fun now. Literally the exact same thing, except my sister's six years older. But it was a Christmas gift for her, and yeah. I just got obsessed yeah, with it. Yeah, and then you run with it. And, but then I got sucked into Genesis, and I noticed you have Console, console Wars over there, right? Yeah. 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 I, I, have you read it? Not yet. <laughs> my brother gave it to me to read, and I just never it's read it. It's super interesting. They go into the marketing of Genesis and how they... How Sega how they did, had, what Nintendo don't. Yeah, and... I was reading that book and I was like, "Oh my god, they totally wor- it worked on." Like I was a kid who got who bought into their marketing. You bought into the blast processing. I bought into all that nonsense <laughs> and well, there was it's a, an amazing read. There was a keynote that I went to, or not keynote, it was a presentation with a guy um uh, it was at the Dice Summit actually, mm. back when I used to do all the stuff for the Dice Awards uh, at the old job and like I was there and I had to interview him after he came off the stage and he was the guy who came up with the whole like super aggressive plan mm. to get genesis into american households and he was one of the biggest reasons why sega took off in america oh wow um he doesn't really have a lot to show for it i don't think just because there wasn't a lot of i guess long-term benefit for that but like yeah he was he talked about all the sort of approaches they did to sort of separate them out from the stranglehold that nintendo had on home video marketing because also nintendo revitalized a dying world yeah post et atari crash yeah so, um, yeah, Nintendo, man, the NES was the best. Was, it was a game changer. It's, it's 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 the best. Yeah, the games are so damn hard, though. What's your preferred controller for the NES? I like the old school, just standard, the one. square one. Yeah. Okay. I was a NES Max user. Okay. Um, but like my stepbrother always used the uh, Advantage, and I just couldn't mm. do. Yeah, no, I mean, like, especially for a platformer. Yeah. Arcade sticks don't make sense to me. Yeah, I like I I always had this the regular one. Like I was a Max with the Sega Genesis. I always used the controller with the turbo button. <laughs> Turbo controller, nice. Yeah. Was it once I got the six button? The six button. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, the six button. Maybe it was Nintendo. I had the turbo controller. Nintendo had a turbo. Yeah. Had the turbo built in. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Six button because you needed it for all the fighting games that I played. Yeah. Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, absolutely. Because Street Fighter was why they introduced it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was for either that or Mortal Kombat. It was for fighting games in general. I think it was introduced for Street Fighter. But yeah, all the fighting yeah. games needed it. Oh, so good. There was a certain fighting game for Sega Genesis where you could be like um, a detective and a... And fuck, Eternal what? Champions? Yeah, like Eternal <gasps> Champions was their big... I friend. love yes! that game. <laughs> and you needed to have the six button. Yeah. There's no way else to play it. <laughs> Eternal, Eternal Champions, Champions, I think, is such an underrated, forgotten fighting game. Hard as shit. If you want to talk yeah. about fighting hard games, 
hard, hard game. If you lose, I don't know if it's the entire game or if it's late in the game, but if you lose, you go back like two rounds. Yeah, there's um, the detective that I was thinking Larceny of. is his name. Or uh, Larson. Larson, yeah. Larson. And like every character, they all like they all had like the opportunity to do something great, and then something tragic happened to kill them. Like they were all murdered or like betrayed. That's and right. so the whole point of the tournament is whoever wins gets to go back and stop themselves from being from being killed and like fulfill their potential. I That's have like, no idea. Yeah, it's a really it's a really that cool was game. a great game, and you got a ton of fighters, which I love. Yeah. They're all weird looking, different eras of time. That's really cool. Yeah, I had no idea. Because I never played that, actually. I always used Rax. I believe his name was. He was like a half cyborg. Oh, yeah. I think Travis liked Rax, too. I um, always played as the magician, which... They got like the cloak? Yeah. This Xavier. Xavier. I was going to say Xavier, yeah. (laughs) Must have been related to Arthur Pendragon. No, the Eternal Champions is great. I have I have Eternal Champions for my Genesis still. I love that game. That's awesome. I remember this one time. This is just like a little tangent. My I went over to a friend's house and to spend the night, and I brought the fucking system. I brought Eternal Champions so we could play, and I forgot the goddamn controller. (laughs) So we had to play with the OG controllers because my dad was not going to drive those controllers back to us. I was so sad. It's like, I think there was one time I took, like, my Xbox 360 to a friend's house, and I brought, like, the power supply, I brought the cables, and I forgot the controller. (laughs) And I think that's why I ended up with a third controller for that system. I We were like, fuck it, we're going to Target. (laughs) Let's just get the system, or get the thing. But also, like, I gotta say, I love gaming as an adult yeah just because you really get a lot of like there's racks. yeah there's racks yeah he's a badass um i gotta say gaming as an adult is kind of amazing because like what i've gone through i red ringed two xbox 360s so did i and i've gone through uh i've gone through one ps3 and then i bought a slimline that one's still running but like I went down to, like, uh, my family used to have a condo in Del Mar, and I would just go there to get away from the city, uh, from L.A. for a weekend. And I went there, and I took, and I brought all my stuff. Got a lot of butt going on. <laughs> Rax has booty. Um, but, like, I took my uh, my PS3 down there and to play Portal 2. Oh. And uh, the laser burned out on it. So the game, like, the system still worked. Everything was fine as long as the game was digital, because if you tried to spin a disc in it, the laser just was hmm. dead. And so I called, and they were like, oh, to repair it will be, like, $150. And I was like, your brand new systems are 300 <laughs> fuck this noise and we hopped in the car found a target in right. del mar and just bought a system like i was on vacation right. for a weekend and i left with a new system because so i was like well gotta spend it gonna keep playing games like yeah i'm for a new system and uh yeah my second red ring i was like cool i i don't even think like i don't even know if i turned it off i was like it's red ringing grabbed my keys walked out the door <laughs> bought the new slim 360 mm-hmm. which thank god just was a great system mm. um but anyway sorry i was just like no i get you it's yeah. much better than having to ask your parents to get it for you yeah but it's definitely one of those things of like yeah when you forget the controller it's like well are we buying a new one <laughs> <laughs> the other cool thing about eternal champions was uh their version of fatalities was like stage fatalities like if you mm. if you hit, got the last hit on a certain part of the level like they would like go like into the sun yeah so shark would eat you stuff like that it was really cool nice and we would try to like set them up and just do them so yeah contextual yeah i think um primal rage did that too yeah prim- well primal rage had yeah i think they had some stage stuff but they also had just character specific ones i remember the what chaos is that his name would pee on you and he had like acid pee <laughs> 
Wow, it's been been a while. I don't remember that. I kind of wish I didn't. Well, it's like yeah, no, it's like I'm gonna YouTube that later. Primal Rage was definitely one of those. Oh, that's badass. Was one of those games, you know, that like it's my. I feel like that, that was like the heyday of fighting. Oh, games that where era. Everyone wanted to do just it. Just so many fighting games. Yeah. So many forgettable fighting games. Right. Just oh, they wouldn't stop. But anyway, so yeah, well, it's, I, I was glad we got to talk about the, the retro gaming collection. So, so you yeah. twenty nine remaining. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a slog. Yeah, well, it's, of course, yeah. Now you're at the the part where like it's, every new game is going to be like yeah monumental. There's no cheap ones left. It yeah. sucks. Well, awesome. You know, hopefully you'll luck out and get some people who don't know what what they have. Is exactly, worth, like what that's, it's worth. That's the hope. I know. I'll have to check my dad's collection. He has a couple <laughs> that he's picked up from like garage sales and things oh, nice. like that. Just because he's like, oh, they're collectible. Yeah. I, I wonder I, what he picked up. I haven't looked through them. I love how much of a collector your dad is. He loves shit. Because I remember like <laughs> right when I started working with Travis. Um, he brought this like Coca-Cola Empire Strikes Back poster to oh. work and like it was from like 1979 or eight, oh, yeah. 1980 or it whatever, when, yeah. whenever Empire happened and he has grabbed it and just put thumbtacks right through it on the <laughs> bulletin board and I was like, oh, dude, like I'm not even a Star Wars person and I kind of recognize that you just might have done something awful and he was just like, oh no, no, it's fine. In our storage space, uh, my dad bought an entire pack <laughs> of this poster. He's like, it what? was like a stack of like a yeah. hundred of them. Oh. Holy shit. And he was like, this one was kind of damaged anyway, so I just figured I'd grab it here and just put it up at work. And I was like, your dad did what now? And he's yeah. like, oh, he's like, oh, my dad buys shit like this all the time. That's yeah. crazy. My dad's quite opposite. He hates, like, stuff. So I grew up, my dad had two arcade machines in his house. Oh, wow. And I he also had that. a, my dad had a 45 playing jukebox, which nice. was awesome. It was another reason why I think I love records as yeah, much as I do. Yeah, that sounds about right. My dad's also that guy who bought a Solo Flex <laughs> and a Nordic track. Oh. Like, my dad loved shit. Yeah. Uh, and he also, um, but yeah, he had two arcade machines growing up. He had a Pac-Man and Crazy Climber, which I'd never seen a arcade that you control with two uh, hmm. sticks. Interesting. Because uh, Crazy Climber, I think, has no buttons. I think it's all sticks. Oh, wow. Because it's about a man climbing the side of a building. So you do like mm. you, you do them I don't know that uh, alternating. Hmm. So it's like a hand right. reaching yeah, one yeah, over yeah, the yeah. other. That sounds crazy. Yeah. So. That's just crazy, Rob. <laughs> it's even in the title. That's nutty. Right? <laughs> anyway, so uh, I guess, is it time for some crushing? Is there anything else? Wait, Nick, is there any other stuff you want to talk about? Yeah. No, I, I'm sure there probably was, but we've been going for a while. And I'm kind of like, oh, my first podcast. They, it's like it's like running your first marathon and you've never run before. I'm like, I'm kind of exhausted. Well, we have broken our own record for like length of episode oh, here. We're winner, winner, chicken dinners. And, and like definitely, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, well, you've been performing for a good like two hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, right. Well, it's, I mean, it's a lot of it's been like you and I talking, which is this is what we do yeah. out, out in the real world. There's we still just a talk. certain level of performance. Yeah. You know, yeah. To, to all podcasts, even if it's just chatting. Yeah. Yeah. Cute. You know. So, well, I guess, is it time? I guess it's that sainted time of the week. <laughs> <laughs> it's the time for the yeah, crush. Crush. Crush of the week. Crush. Oh, and by the way, I just want to say it is funny as someone who's listened to every episode except for the last three because I'm stock farm. It is cool to see behind the scenes. <laughs> like, like now I can picture this when I'm in the car. Yeah. Well, normally I sit where you do. Okay. But uh, other than that, it's exactly the same. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> all right. So anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, all good. No, yeah. So I do you want to lead? I think Nick should do his crush first. Okay. Yeah. Um. Is it me? <laughs> since me? Am I since crush? this is a, a you know like a, I'm doing this is a character that's been around for a while. I'm gonna go with a. Empress Emily Caldwin from Dishonored 2. Oh, not, I love her. Not child. Not one. Princess Emily. <laughs> no, she's not Princess. Not Lady Emily from Dishonored 1. Let's make that clear. That's good. Uh, yes. Empress Emily up. from Dishonored 2 because she is a badass. She's 
just babe. awesome. She's a total babe. She's got that awesome short hair with the, you know, whatever. And she has really cool powers. And yeah, she kicks ass. I like ass. her abilities. I need to get back into Dishonored 2. Yes, you do. Um, And yeah, Emily's awesome. I Dishonored love 2 is tough. Those witches suck. <laughs> yeah. I hate those witches. In the library? No, thank you. <laughs> well, nice. Wait, and did you, yeah. you did you have another one also? I mean, since you're here, right? Did you? Yeah. Did you? I mean, if I, if, I, if I was debating between two, so the other one would be Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, Another yeah, we haven't just done total we haven't badass well she's, and she's a thoughtful character yeah she's great which is nice like and we've talked about her because there's like a i know like there's um you know we talked about the oh in uh shit Jeannot. oh god don't bring that shit up oh, <laughs> uh, how like yeah they, they, they one of the things they said that was kind of cool about horizon zero dawn is asexual uh female lead yeah because i like the fact that she's not shoehorned into a weird romance that's not necessary and like she just is highly critical which is nice because uh even like my boss when he was playing horizon he was saying that like you know a lot of times in games like someone will be like well here's an explanation of what's happening and then they give something that is not an explanation at all and yet the main character's like makes sense and then they walk away <laughs> Just because game logic and we need to keep moving. And like someone said something and she was, and, and uh, the, my boss was like, well, that didn't answer the question at all. And then Aloy said, okay, but you didn't answer the question. <laughs> and, and he, like, you know, the boss was just like, oh my God, thank God. Like there's actually a character who's thinking for once. Like yeah. no one ever does that. She was How great. dare a woman. <laughs> I love, I love Aloy and She's I love awesome. Emily. They're both fantastic Some characters. strong women. Yeah. yeah. Nice. How's about you? Do you have a crush? I do. And you know what? I had a crush. I, I was trying to think of one, but you know what? I think I'm going to go with um, Nick's suggestion at Rax because I forgot how <laughs> hot he was and I was searching up some photos from Eternal Champions and I'm kind of enamored <laughs> and he's got those kickboxing shorts on and he's kind of beefy he's, he's real beefy he stands like uh, Sagat from Street Fighter 2 I yeah. think he did Muay Thai or something because yeah, mm. yeah that sounds yeah like he also stands a lot like uh, Duper when he's doing his high kicks <laughs> he, if I remember correctly Rax was like a champion and he was about to win some like tournament and somebody killed him or something i don't remember yeah he's just... pretty hot and he's got a beefy booty <laughs> i'm looking forward to that photo on our instagram Which i'm totally posting <laughs> i'm just gonna search um photos of rax's ass <laughs> <laughs> jesus all right well my crush of the week is um a variant on uh it's it's actually a, a skin i love that like now my new crushes yeah. are just like it's this version of this character it's um, a scale of a dragon right no so this one uh they've announced a new crossover skin for um street fighter 5 and the crossover skin Whoa! is a oh. it is a Ryu version uh or it's it's an Arthur version of Ryu. So it's like taking the best parts of hot Ryu, <clears throat> like the big ass beard that he's got, and you put him in red polka dot uh boxers and also a full suit of armor. Mm. That like, is so fucking hot. And so it actually also combines both uh two of my previous crushes. <laughs> it combines hot Ryu and Arthur. So now we it's all come together. <laughs> Chocolate and peanut butter. This is the peanut butter cup. Here we go. Arthur would be a cool Overwatch character. I can see that throwing spears or lances at people. Yeah. And but he has different like he has different projectiles. He has like the axe oh, and all yeah. that shit. Well, and then if you and if you hit him, similar to Diva coming out of her mech, he gets knocked out of his armor. Hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Blizzard's never going to license a Capcom character. No, but we for... need some fan art. <laughs> yeah, if we can get fan art as Reinhardt in a cod piece, then we can get some uh, some fan art of that. Okay. 
Anyway. Yes. So yeah. So that's my uh, that's my crush. Damn good crushes. I would say. <laughs> that's a solid roster. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Cool. So well, there you have it. Thank you, Nick, for joining <laughs> us. You're awesome. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm out of words. We're gonna miss you. I'm gonna uh, miss you too for sure. I mean, thank God the internet exists. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I'm sure we'll see each other on the online. Absolutely. But like, you know, I will miss seeing your face five days a week. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I'm glad I got to get to stare at you for two hours. <laughs> it was my pleasure. We'll have to step up our text game now that we are yeah. losing the the work chat system that we use. Absolutely, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure there will be regular after I listen to the podcast. I'll be like, you know this, blah blah blah, like I do. And also, you should be sending me links of stuff that you think I'm not going to see. Of I course, should, that I should see. Absolutely. Um, much like all listeners, you should be sending me links and stuff. Uh, and thank you, Jim. I, you sent me a few a couple weeks ago, but uh, nothing recently. Jim, you're the bomb. Yup. So, anywho, um, well, let's talk about where we can be followed. Where can we follow you, Nick? Yeah, um, Nick. I have an Instagram account for my retro game collecting, so that's a good, if that's a good one to follow. I it's, figured that'd be the one that you would talk about. Yeah, it's a Instagram. It's a cart mageddon so it's cart like an nes cart mageddon c-a-r-t-m-a-g uh, mageddon cart mageddon um, yeah, I, i'm having a hard time yeah i don't i need i'm a visual speller i need to be looking at it um <laughs> well, but yeah if you type in cart mageddon it'll it'll yeah it'll, I'll follow. you'll find it and the ro- robot rob is the uh I, is the uh avatar um, i can't talk anymore i'm and, like losing my time <laughs> and every I'm one t- of your posts <laughs> makes me a little jealous oh well i know I, you, think. I saw you posted a dr mario in the box a little bit ago Oh uh, yeah, like, I did acquire one with yeah. that with that uh, collection last weekend. It's yeah. funny. I even saw. I was like, "Oh my god, I, I don't know what I would do with that." <laughs> but I was still very excited when I saw it. Yeah. I mean, I already had the cart, but yeah. I was able to get the box. Yeah, the nice. box, yeah. which is awesome. If if you could get any one game that you don't have, what would it be? Other than the the Olympic or whatever. Yeah, like, would, like yeah, stadium games or yeah, would it be like games. one of the championship titles? Um, like, what would be your yeah? What's your holy grail? Yeah, what's your holy grail? I I could be really boring and just say stadium events because that's an obvious one. But I I want the Panesian games. Um, that's Bubble Bath Babes, Hot Slots, and Peekaboo Poker. Mm. They're like adult themed games that were like you bought them at like porn shops, ah. um, and like they came in like those plastic like weird like video clamshell cases, and, oh. and they're extremely rare and they're expensive, and I think they're really interesting novelty totally. items to have. Um, I don't think I'll ever get one. Maybe if I get really lucky, but I'd love to have one of those on my shelf. Nice, interesting. So if anybody out there has one, <laughs> yeah. And Santa, and if you're, you're listening, and you're willing to give away a couple thousand dollar <laughs> card, no, you all. never know. You never know. Some people just like to give things. Yeah, givers. All right, so that's the the one place that, like, yeah, that people can follow you. Yeah. yeah, it's you know that you probably want to give out any other personal stuff. Um, which makes sense. Yeah. So, Satine, where can we find you? Well, I want to give away all my stuff. <laughs> and you can follow me at Satine the Dream on Instagram and Twitter, or Satine on Twitch. And you can follow me at Fast Danger on Twitter, or at Mr. Gladstone on Instagram and Twitch. You can follow the podcast at BitDiff Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and I added YouTube because, because I'm starting to add clips. Of me kicking ass as mercy onto our nice. uh, YouTube. Okay, nice. good. Yeah. Very nice. That's a good use of the YouTube stuff. Just putting up some like highly curated clips. I actually have a Bloodborne clip that is a nail biter. Even though I know how it ends, it's still amazing. Well, you must add it to yes. the roster. I agree. Good. I'd like to see that. Um, or, and uh, you can also send us an email at bitdiffpodcast at gmail.com. Satine? That's me. We have new episodes every Wednesday. And would you kindly follow, rate, and comment in iTunes and Google Play. Okay.
okay. I will. Oh, good. I we got another follower. <laughs> Yay. Thanks again for having me. It was fun. Dude, thank you for being here. And Thanks, yeah, Nick. We're going to miss you. Happy Appreciate that. Happy trails. Happy journey. Yeah. Maybe in a year when you're back, we'll have you back. That'd be fun. Because next time you're in LA, you have to let us know so we can just get you into that episode. Okay. I'm going to be here for a wedding, and I'll probably come out for like two weeks because, Good. you know, I used to live here. And then you'll be playing again. Yes, I will be playing again. <laughs> Much I'm to sh- discuss. Sure, there will be a lot. This fall is already looking to be a beast. Oh yeah, well, if yeah, assuming stuff doesn't get delayed into like next year and stuff, yeah. this holiday season is gonna be nuts. Yep, come Black Friday, I'll be hunkered down and playing. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Nice, awesome. Well, sweet. All right. Well, thank you and ciao, Bye bye.